What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners? And before we start with episode 74, I just wanted to touch base and draw all of your attention to our Facebook page. Uh, the reason why I wanted to get you all looking towards our Facebook page is because starting this month, we will be having the Toys for Tots eBay auctions posted up on our Facebook page. Now, I bet you're asking yourself, Michael, what are these eBay auctions for Toys for Tots? Well, let me tell you. So... You'll find out in this episode we picked up this uh, this new dark figure named Jamie, who's a pretty badass dude. He's been running these Toys for Tots auctions for a while. You've actually seen us share these auctions on our Facebook page for the Freebooters, but now we're actually going to be running the Toys for Tots auctions. So how these work, guys, is you go... We, we actually had a number of professional painters and volunteer painters paint up some fantastic 30K armies. And Jamie gathers all those armies up and he puts them on eBay. And all the money that gets gets raised from that eBay sale goes straight to Toys for Tots. And if you're not sure what Toys for Tots is, that's the where the Marines come around and they pick up all the toys from the you know Targets and stuff like that. Uh, it gets toys to children who are... Um, less fortunate during the Christmas holidays. So it, it does definitely go to a good cause. So if you will go to our Facebook page and you will see a post on there with the four, first Toys for Tots auction, I believe it's going to be a Custodes option. Uh, and if you'll do us a favor, guys, and uh, just share that post out and get it out there, that way we can uh, make sure some less fortunate children have great Christmases. And But... That's going to be it. I'll let you get on to the show. You have a good one, guys. Drive safe. This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 74 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horace Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael, and I have my co-host, Scott. Gonna say what's going on, Scott? Uh, I'm finally back in God's country. Back in God's country in the... What, is it, y'all are considered the South, right? Kentucky's in the South? I feel like I it guess. is. I don't, I don't I know. know. I'm, I'm assuming... <laughs> I'm assuming. There's everything here that you characterize with the South. Like, there's trailers, there's NASCAR, there's light beer, you know. We have those things. Professional wrestling, you name it. So, Yeah, but we uh, have all that in Indiana, and we were, we're clearly in the North. But we're like the most Southern, Northern state, probably. Don't talk to me be about geography, because I don't believe in that magic. Okay. <laughs> okay. What. okay. That's Sorry. the most Southern answer you've ever given, Scott. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> if that just had the word Dale Earnhardt in there, it'd be perfect. But damn, you couldn't work it in. All, all I believe in the, is, is the magic of number three and that powerful, <laughs> intimidating mustache. Okay. <laughs> That's all I believe. <laughs> and you also, you already heard his voice. The powerful Ryan Kimmel is also here, boys. Powerful, powerful Ryan Kimmel. Let's see what's going on, Ryan. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Yarp. So we got a pretty sweet little show for you guys set up. Unfortunately, I know what you're thinking, people. You're like, is this the Emperor's Children episode? No, it's not. We have shit going on. 
that's way more interesting to talk about than Emperor's Children. And so we're going to have to push another week. It's just, that's just the bottom line. It's just the bottom damn line. But let me tell you what we do have for you. So we're going to throw our normal intro and hobby progress like we always talk about. Then we're going to give you all some Camp Heresy updates. So we did have some, some time to talk around and push some ideas around this weekend. So we've got some Camp Heresy updates we're going to go ahead and give you guys. Then we have your voicemails, as per usual. We're going to play those voicemails out, see what's going on there. Then we got some powerful, powerful Michigan GT talk coming in from Scott. And a little coming in from Ryan, you know. He did go to the Dark Age event. He was running the Dark Age event, so he was a little preoccupied. Couldn't couldn't play in the uh, the Horse Heresy event, but but Scott Scott was definitely in it. What would you say, knuckle deep in it, I guess? Oh, man. You know, like... I'm going to go like fifth metacarpal deep, you know, <laughs> halfway up my play. forearm. <laughs> I, I tried to play. <laughs> so yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. We'll talk about it when we get there. <laughs> then we got some Secret Santa talk for the Patreon supporters. We got to talk about that. Uh, we have an event shout out that we did get over email that we need to go over. Then we have a 2,500 point ultra range list. And two Death Guard list, Loyalist and Trader, for Mr. Brandon, who called in a couple po- or sent an email in a couple podcasts back and wanted to uh, get a good idea of how he could make a, an army for him and his buddies to get them into 40, from 40K into 30K. So, we got a pretty solid, solid little podcast going on for you guys this week. So, let's start out with you, Ryan. How's everything going, buddy? How's life treating you? Going great going great i got i got like 75 percent of my life back now that now that uh gen con's over nova's over michigan gt's over mka trip is over um like i have like so much less on my plate it's ridiculous i don't know what i'm gonna do with all my free time you're gonna come up with something else to drive yourself insane with yeah but i did the week if i had to guess but I can't. I can't do it. I really can't. It about oh, broke me. I'm so glad you. I'm on the other side of it. <laughs> it's only. It's only downhill so, from here, buddy. My yeah. wife even told me when I got home uh, last night that if you go anywhere this next weekend, you better plan on staying wherever you go. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, Mama just gotta lay the foot down. That's how it rolls, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame her. She's like these these trees have not been trimmed all fall. They haven't. She's done like all the yard work from everywhere. Like yes. done all the landscaping. Someone's and, about to pull landscaping duty on Saturday. Yeah, oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And then a, a tree fell over in this last storm, so I got a giant tree to cut up in the side yard that fell over. Oh my god, that's a. Is it that is it that massive poison oak tree that you sent us pictures of? I think about that thing in my dreams. No, I'm not getting near that motherfucker. Wherever that thing falls, it's just getting burnt where it lays. I'm gonna light it on fire and run from it. <laughs> I don't care if it's in the neighbor. Even if it falls in the neighbor's yard, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, it's on your property now," um, and it naturally fell over. I didn't cut on it or anything, so it's now your responsibility. Have fun with that. <laughs> God gift you to this tree of poison oak. Yeah. And that's honestly how it works, by the way, because uh, we I know somebody that went to court over trees falling down on their property. 
Oh, you better get and ready to get up. a fucking Facebook message from Powerful Joe. Powerful Joe K. He'll let you know. Every time well, we bring up every time we bring up some sort of legality, Joe's like, actually, let me go ahead and Oh my god damn it, you're great at what, this. Homeless Joe? Well, homeless I, Joe, yeah. Homeless Joe He's like, a fucking lawyer? <laughs> well Yeah. Like he's he'll get you okay, out of whatever, got it. But <laughs> man. Homeless Joe will, will he, get you out of some vines, bro. He looks like he did public service once or twice, but I'm not big one. Shit. Homeless, homeless Joe has, uh, has like on the sly, like brought up like different things. Like, hey man, let me just tell you something real quick. And I'm like, oh really? Okay. Like, like just like cool, slick legal advice, like real quick, like off the cuff. Like, hey, just real quick, if you plan on doing this, it's like, oh no shit, goddamn. Thank you, Joe. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that the guy that built my house had a neighbor um, that uh, had a, like several big trees fall over, but they fell over. The, they were right on the property line, and they fell over into Steve's yard. And he was like, "Are you going to clean these trees up?" And he's like, "No." And it became this big shit fight, and it, they ended up over that something that stupid going to court. And the judge basically was like, "No, nah, they're on your property. You got to clean them up." God damn, nice. I would love to be that guy who had the last word in that. Guess you are. <laughs> like, he was like, like the guy, the, I mean, he's like, it, it would be one thing if the guy cut the tree down and the tree, like, through the act of that guy doing something caused the tree to fall on his property. It's another thing if it's just like a storm happens and it's an act of God that causes a tree to blow over on your property. It is what it is. So basically it's like if leaves fall on your lawn, it's your responsibility to rake them. It's like, oh, that, that yeah, tree. you can't. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't make your neighbor come over and rake your yard because they have an oak tree in their yard. That's, that's yeah. Try me, try me. Let me <laughs> show me where there's an oak tree in my fucking yard. You... <laughs> sort them, sort them out, sort out your leaves versus my leaves. Anyway, well, that's good. That's least... been pre- that's been our that's been free talk corner. There we go. Tree Talk Legalities with Brian Scott Michael. (laughs) Today's show, folks. (laughs) You're welcome, everybody. That one's free. That that, that little bit's free right there. Uh, So what about you, Scott, man? What you been up to? Michigan GT. That's that's what I was up to. Fucking up to my fucking eyeballs in Michigan uh, playing at that event. As you can kind of hear in my voice, I fucking caught airborne aids while i was up there so <laughs> like i so this is the first convention i've been been to in a while and like i kind of cleaned up my axe you know a lot as far as like what i was eating and exercising and all this shit and i went back into full-on gamer mode this weekend and it almost fucking killed me so <laughs> you know, i'm paying paying for it brutally you i like shot the but, system but wearing wearing shorts and flip-flops i'm not gonna say you don't deserve it yeah, I know. You know, <laughs> know. Right. goddamn it, I was comfortable for every second of, of having those tackles. Fantastic. I just breathable. In my mind, I saw those flip flops. The first thing I thought was like, "Man, some dude's gonna sneeze and cover his fucking foot in snot." Like that's like yeah. that's it's your exposed feet that caused your uh, caused whatever crud you probably have. it's it's <laughs> safe to say man there was a fuck there was a pretty significant portion of exposed hairy obese butt cracks <laughs> no doubt 
putting off poisonous spores throughout the entire convention hall, but <laughs> and I fucking I was in definitely danger close of more than a few of those, so you know. So do you now. think un- unpainted war machine models combined with butt crack just equals airborne aids? Yeah, easily. And did, <laughs> have you ever been in a public restroom like we're all adults here. You can hear people shitting in public restrooms, but the acoustics of that public restroom were significantly <laughs> different than anyone I'd ever heard before. Well, it's because they're shaped like a, a seashell. When you go in the door, there's like a front area, and then you turn a corner, and there's like another area, and then you turn like it zigzags back and forth like a seashell. So when you fart near the center of the shell, it just reverberates out, like with those horns you always see in those movies where they blow through a seashell, like in a King Kong movie or some shit. I mean, I was I was in there taking a piss, and I and I just heard all these people like explosively shitting behind me, and I don't want to be like an asshole and like uh, like laugh like I'm twelve, but I am, and so I did. And, <laughs> but yeah, man, there was that. It it was a really good time. I'm just talking shit. Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed going up there and seeing those guys and uh, hanging out with Jeff. Jeff uh, Crawley, listener of ours, puts on a great, great show. And um, yeah, hey, he know. has help. He has help. Lee and Paul and Bill and all those guys. They're all yeah, yeah. Those guys. Everybody except Paul. He's just kind of in the way most of the time. Because, <laughs> <laughs> they. I feel like they just like he's like a little brother. They just let him come along and like, hey, here you can run the sticker booth or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm just giving it shit, but. It was a lot of fun. I brought some hillbillies up with me uh, from from down here. That uh, this was like only their second or third heresy event, something like that. And they had a big time. So, what a uh, like no where, complaints. Uh, where do they hold Michigan GT at? Like, where is it held at? Is it like a convention center? It's in Lansing. Lansing. So Lansing, Lansing is like South Central Michigan, kind of like. If you if, if Michigan is shaped like an oven mitt, it is about where your wrist goes into said oven mitt. It's a sweet spot. There, oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. I suppose so. I don't know. Um, nice town. I'm still alive, so I'm not going to talk any shit about it. You know, the crab index there speaks for itself. But that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> like. Quick, quick Google search will shore up any doubts you have on that front, but it's okay. <laughs> local local gangs had no idea the prime fucking target that was sitting on their plate. Like, the, the prime, oh, yeah. prime fucking target. Like, if they would have just planned that shit out. They have an, an all-you-can-eat taco bar next to the fucking uh, hotel. It's, like, literally the closest restaurant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hold on. what's How is that set up? Is it, like, a buffet style, or...? Do they just yeah, keep just making tacos? It's a buffet-style taco bar. It's a buffet-style taco bar. Soft tacos or hard tacos? Both. And they're just, like, warming oh up the tortillas, God. like, keeping them coming? Like, how's that working? Are, we, yeah. are they steaming the tortillas? I don't know, man. I don't know. You're asking all these questions. I don't know. Well, yeah, you don't Michael just say, Price. oh, you can eat taco bar and not know the logistics. Like, what is... I well, couldn't even we, dream right, up something like this. It's a taco bar in the middle of Lansing, Michigan. It's safe to say that someone who was born in Guadalajara probably will not approve of the <laughs> culinary accomplishment of this place. But well, every, everybody I saw working there, besides the the, ca- the guy running the cash register, appeared to be Hispanic. There you go. <laughs> well, all right. I have. I With, mean, 
I believe it. Michigan GT fellas, like let us know. I'm sure you have our number. <laughs> 209 RFI 30K0. I'm sure one of you ate there. Possibly. Well, uh, we like, did. I ate there. Oh, you ate? What? How yeah. do you have so little information about this place? I feel. What do you mean, little information? I told you. You go in, you can order off a menu, or you can get the all you can eat taco bar thing. And it's just like a buffet with taco shit on it. And you just keep scooping up, just keep making tacos. Yes. A solid. A solid. It's a crime against humanity to have that next to a giant gaming convention where people are swilling down about dude by the fucking gallon, by the way. <laughs> it's just play with fire at that point. They didn't they had no uh, yeah, idea. We're, we're, we're gonna That's... have a real real serious the carbon footprint of Lansing, Michigan grew about <laughs> fucking forty eight miles in diameter that day. Methane the methane was the methane content was high. Yeah. Don't light a match in here. TCEQ <laughs> shut down that event real quick. It's probably like it probably this all collides and coalesces into like into Scott's like bathroom story he just told ten minutes ago. Like it, oh, it's God, all starting dude. to make a little bit more sense now. I was assuming it was like some six dollar chili dog or something they were probably serving at the event. Like I've never heard a grown man shit in me be concerned for his safety, but I was. I was like, <laughs> man, that fucking do I need to get some, like hotel staff and someone gonna have to come in there and get you like <laughs> just tap your foot twice if you're okay <laughs> did a xenomorph just explode out of your ass and climb through the toilet is that what just happened are we all in danger from being infected are we just yeah. let me know <laughs> well badass we'll get into some Michigan GT talk here in a little bit on how that went down but yeah. But, what about you? What about your your hobby progress? Oh, I didn't know we were there. I paint I paint some terrain. That's my hobby progress. I'm done. <laughs> nice, Ryan, killing it with the terrain, which looked gorgeous, man. By the way, I saw those pictures. Uh, I saw those pictures of your dark age terrain that you had painted up. All your tables laid out for your event. It all looked yeah. fucking beautiful. Like you should definitely be proud of that terrain. I was proud yeah. to know you. Like I wanted to go I showed my dad, I was like, look what Ryan did. And my dad's like, damn, that boy got talent. That boy got heart. <laughs> and so your terrain looked fantastic, Ryan. Thank you. But uh as far as what I've been up to, uh us and the TFL guys this weekend, we all got together. Every single TFL original and uh Derek, who's TFL like now, <laughs> powerful PhD. We all got together, went to the crossroads, man. We, I cooked up a brisket, so you know, we all got to Crossroads Comics and Cards. Da, uh, that's a Zach's, Zach's shop there. He opened up early for us, and we gamed all day. Everybody there got a game in. Everybody played a game, and we had a fucking great time this weekend. So it was fucking solid, dude. It was just so beautiful. And then we put time aside to discuss Camp Heresy. Which we'll we'll go over here in a little bit. So, but yeah, that's pretty much pretty much all I all I did hobby progress wise and and uh, intro wise. Did some shooting this weekend. It's pretty nice. Got a new gun. Took her out for the first time. Cool. Don't know if y'all want to hear about that, but yeah, that's it's a good time. So, Scott, you got any hobby progress? I know you're pretty much all caught up on your shit. 
Dude, just games. I played a bunch of games. I know we're going to kind of talk about that a little bit later. I probably won't like go super in depth with each game, but uh, had a had a bunch of great ones with a lot of good guys up there. A lot of fun. Uh, a lot of well painted armies. I mean, we posted. Uh, well, I posted like a picture dump on the uh, Facebook page, so you guys can check that out and kind of get a sense of you know the level of quality and all that good stuff. It was a lot of fun man um that being said i don't have anything else i've been <laughs> i've been working on lists and shit for um you know just kind of toying around with what i'm going to take to adeptcon or you know music city heresy things like that so i know homeless joe and uh dave or dave samson are working on working on the planning for that a little bit so looking forward to hearing what those guys come up with and getting ready Love it, dude. Fucking love it. Fantastic. I right. started my death guard. Oh, go. yeah? You holding yeah. out on us picture-wise? Or are you just putting well, together right now? Well, I not take pictures of yet. I'm just, you, you've seen the one Land Raider. Uh, the next step is to build four more of those, and then three more of those that look the same with cannons sticking out the front with multi-melters on the side. <laughs> and then i got to build all the infantry. So it's just building models. I'm just at the build stage. I can't wait to get to that paint stage, dude. Like I'm so, like, I am so like insanely like jealous that you went to MKA and all this stuff, and then you're like sticking hey. to your guns on the secret, you know, the secret cult. Like you can't talk about it or anything like that. So, like, well, when I originally went, I thought that the class was ending. So I kind of expected them to not get to like kind of give zero fucks about like, hey, we're not doing it anymore. You know, go show your friends like kind of thing and a little bit, a little bit. of me thought that. But then yeah. I went and they're like, no, nah, we're just not doing it under this name, but we're still going to teach classes. And I feel really strongly about you guys not just going and running your mouth off about everything you learned here. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I can respect that. So let's not do that. <laughs> so. Yeah, guys. Uh, Matthew Kane, if you're listening right now, he's fucking upheld to that really hard. <laughs> it's he's pretty tight. Yeah, it's, make, it. it's making people in my uh, close circle of friends mad at me, but I don't really give a fuck because I'm I'm working. Um, and Michael, I'm not going to talk like fully in detail about it, but I am working to get them here, and I feel like I've made some pretty decent strides towards that this weekend. So. Hopefully, within the next month or so, we have a announcement on that one way or the other. Fuck yeah. And then then there can be no more bitching at me, because if it works out the way I want it to, everybody will have an opportunity to go. I, the whole fucking, I haven't had to clean my airbrush in weeks bullshit. I'm like, well, I'd like to know that. Like, come on. Come on, well, let's man. See, the last, let's see. I've not taken apart my airbrush for... for over 30 hours of airbrushing. When I say 30 hours of airbrushing, I mean legit 30 hours of airbrushing. Hmm. Must be nice. I've not I've not had a clog or had to take it apart in 30 hours. Must be nice. Well, well, well. <laughs> Aren't you special? <laughs> <laughs> For real. He knows this like secret fucking like Japanese secret. And we're just over here. Are like, you your beard like Pai May right now? Like, oh, oh, I bought another. I bought another airbrush this weekend off of uh, Ken from uh, Badger. So, 
now I have three airbrushes and two compressors <laughs> and an assortment of hoses. What a cool guy. Ryan's such a cool guy. Well, I don't know. I'm going to keep trying, like, different methods. Like, I'm going to put, like, linseed oil and shit in my airbrush. And, like, we're going <laughs> to... I'm going to figure this out on my own. Get some <laughs> gasoline. You have to spray cat urine through it. <laughs> the <laughs> finest of cat urine. It's got to be calico Bye. cat urine. Good luck, I need to make. I need to make you guys some Wonder Wash. They have a secret formula of wash they call Wonder Wash. I can't tell you what the formula is, but I was told that I could give you some. <laughs> that is such that is the most dark shit i've ever heard like listen <laughs> I can't, it's a fucking it's it's his grandmother's recipe so i can't just go tossing it around but i'll, I'll make you some <laughs> and then i'm gonna send yeah, it off I'll to be- a fucking a lab and they're gonna be like yeah this is mostly just fucking dip spit and fucking and yeah. al- rubbing alcohol <laughs> sir hey, this is 30 percent hey, methamphetamine hey, we're gonna need to use a couple of those please <laughs> So, would it matter? Would it matter what it is, as long as it works and looks awesome? <laughs> you I should feel like I'm opening Pandora's box with that question. I'm not For, real. <laughs> For real, like I feel like it'd be like, all right, so all you gotta do is just gotta, I mean, like, like just one second's worth of piss in this little bottle. That's all you gotta do. It's like it's, you're gonna pee anyway. You're gonna piss anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know there was some secret secret cleaning solution you had made in this class but no 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 no. it's not a cleaning solution it's a wash to wash models with like no oil or something yeah 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 yeah, like that but you know that dozer blade on my uh fucking tank that looks so awesome yep yeah that's a wash that you put over a certain technique that makes it look like that See now, I don't want to paint anything until I like take this fucking class. Like it's like, well, I, like, yeah, like no, last week you're no, like, no. I'll never paint metal the same. Like as I'm painting the back of a Leviathan, I'm like, oh fuck me. Like I guess I'll just paint this bullshit way. Like I, yep. <laughs> God damn it. Well, you don't have to. I mean, I can I can make you some Wonder Wash and send it to you, and you could use it. I mean, there's still a technique underneath it that I can't tell you, so you'll get close. <laughs> it's like drinking Dr. B when there's Dr. Pepper around. It's like, eh. Yep. <laughs> hey, there was there was empty seats on my plane both ways. Either you could have went. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'll, I'll find a way to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll break somebody. <laughs> like, I'm going to. I'm yeah, that don't knowledge. worry. I got I got car battery jumper cables set. I'm gonna learn all about this. <laughs> a, a gonna have a lot of MKA people there. Well, <laughs> me and Scott will turn one of them hotel rooms into a little mini Guantanamo. I'll tell you right now. It'll, it'll be like uh, what, the replacements where the guy's about to do the onside kick and he's looking at all the defenders and he's like, "Where are you at? Where are you at? There's, There's my, my bitch. bitch." When he sees the guy with the crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i guess while we're talking about it man we'll go into some uh, camp heresy updates uh so for all you guys listening out there we have been in the talks of camp heresy uh in between the inner circle of counselors we have been uh, discussing how camp heresy is going to 
going to go and roll. So it's not something that we have dropped off. Ryan felt that we definitely need to give you guys an update. So the actual place we were going to hold Camp Heresy, or are going to hold Camp Heresy, did get hit by a hurricane. So we did talk a while back that, you know, possible that this venue might not work out. Uh, we won't know until the end of October is when they told us that they'll be sure that they can tell us that yes or no, they'll be able to host us next year. They did have some repairs they had to do. Uh, so they, they shut down for a little bit, but more than likely it's going to be yes, because they are anxious to get back on their feet and rolling again. They just had to basically spend this month cleaning up and fixing things. But so they basically could not for sure say, yes, we will be able to host you and take your money and all this shit. Uh, so at the end of October is when they told me to follow up with them and they'll give me a for sure. Yes or no, whether or not they'll be able to host the camp or not. But besides that, those people are super cool. It's fucking super laid back as far as like how they handle their stuff. So I'm not super worried about them saying, nah, we're shutting down for good or anything like that. So, so good news there. Uh, otherwise, as far as like camp heresy goes, we kind of discussed this weekend. Some of the, the way the event breakdowns will work. Um, so I don't know if you wanted me to kind of go into that, Ryan, or kind of discuss. Uh, I just wait. I just when I went over to England, there was literally like four or five guys in the MKA class. That's like, what happened to this her- uh, heresy camp thing? Are you guys still doing it? That's really what I want to do. I'm waiting on that. Like there were guys that literally, legitimately said, I didn't go to. I I was going to go to Adepticon, but I held off going to Adepticon because I could only afford one trip to the U.S. And I was waiting on Camp Heresy because I'd rather do that. 10-4. That was cold to me. That's so I, I wanted to, I wanted to allay fears that it is still happening. We are still talking about it. It's just that we can't really make an announcement until we find out. I mean, the, the, obviously the venue is the most important thing, and we're not going to know, like you said, until the end of October because of this giant natural disaster that happened here in the U.S. that we had no control over. Yeah, and the thing is, guys, if this venue doesn't work out, we are pushing Camp Heresy hard enough to where if we have to shift venues, we will go double time on a fucking venue and try and find something. So it's it, it, like we're not going to be restricted to this venue. Um, a lot well, of guys, and I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to steal the event for myself, but there's a place that's very similar in Indiana, right by where I live, that would be roughly the same price. So if worse came to worse, I mean. It sucks having to move it to another state, but we could still make it happen. Exactly. Either way. Yeah. Hundred percent. Not opposed to that either. Yeah. So. Uh, on that as well. Uh, so the TFL guys, we talked about it this past weekend. Uh, we were gonna hold and we were gonna hold Stiff Four at uh, either War Games Con or we we're gonna host it at. Oh, man, I can't remember that other con's name now. Anyway, anyway another Houston con. Uh, we were actually in the talks as far as, like, holding Stiff 4 at one of these cons. But because we don't want to hold Stiff 4 and Heresy Camp so close together and make you guys, like, who aren't in Texas choose between which one you wanted to go to, they're just we're just incorporating Stiff 4 into Heresy Camp. And basically, Stiff 4 will just evolve into a Heresy Camp and then... We do. We were talking about all sorts of stuff that like heresy camp could evolve into, like heresy crews and shit like that. But that's like way in the future. So, but hey, uh, real quick, Sick. I also wanted to make the announcement. Wow Airlines, the airline that we talked about several times on here, which is the sole reason I was able to make it to MKA because of the cheap flight. 
they now fly into Texas. So if you guys want to come over from heresy camp and you're in Europe, make sure you check wow airlines prices. Cause I think they fly into that. They either fly into Houston or Dallas now. Probably Houston. I think, uh, yeah, I would imagine it's Houston. Yeah. But anyway, they, they fly into Texas now. Like, so you would basically, uh, more than likely you always stop at Reykjavik in Iceland. And then you met, you would probably either fly, from there, you probably fly there to either the East Coast and then straight to Houston, or fly there to Chicago and then to Houston. But your flight would be, you know, way way cheaper now than it would have been uh, flying Wow, like probably sub four hundred U.S. dollars. Badass. I did kind of want to talk, guys. If if you're out there listening right now and you were interested in running an event, either a hobby related event or a like tournament track or anything like that. Uh, right now, as you're listening to this, feel free to shoot me a message. That way I can pull you into this counselor group we have. We're kind of putting together blocks right now as far as how we'll run the events and how we'll structure the days. So we figure kind of the morning from like 8 to 12 will be only hobby-related events. And then during the evening will be like narrative track or, you know, tournament track or whatever events anybody wants to run. Uh, so we're trying to get those blocks filled out so that people will always have something to do. And, and we can start getting getting schedules made and having some sort of uh, itinerary. That way it, we have everything in place before before it sneaks up on us. So we're, try, we're trying to get all that taken care of now. So if, if you... Right. And, and just so people know, when Michael talks about that, that's not something you're going to be forced into doing. It's just an optional thing. Exactly. Yeah. It'll it'll be like going to like actual camp. Um, but uh, another thing is, guys, we're, we're right now the camp holds 135 people. Uh, I we 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 discussed it, and we're probably going to do 35 staff. You know, that's going to be people who will be helping out people who will be working there and stuff like that. So the amount of people that can run events and the amount of people that will actually be able to uh, run classes or anything like that, uh, we're, we're, we got to cap it off at 35 just because we want to be able to make sure that we can have 100 people there uh, that actually just get to enjoy the event and 100% not, not work it. We're all going to get to enjoy the event, but just, you know, so so the sooner, if, the sooner you decide, hey, I want to help out at this and reach out to me, the better – that way we can go ahead and lock you in as a counselor and get that get that squared away uh, pretty quick. So, pretty sure me and Ryan are going to be doing an epic fucking road trip to get there too, with a lot of shit in tow. So, that yep. should be that should be a life experience. I don't know that you're me, ready for ride a uh, fucking me, seventeen and, hour drive with me. <laughs> me, you, and Chris Duncan. Oh God. Well, oh. hey, rule number one. Chris Duncan is not allowed to fall asleep at any point in that 17-hour oh, drive. Oh, goddamn. I, I, I recorded <laughs> else him snoring. On the fucking roof. <laughs> I recorded him snoring in our hotel room and sent it to my wife, and it literally sounds like someone's being attacked by a bear. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's totally indistinguishable. <laughs> it's the least healthy-sounding snore I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. Terrified. I like the idea of... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I was, he in that silly war machine tournament he played in. His last opponent was also a ranger, so I don't know how he always runs into those guys. Like, 
if they like w- like circle around each other and sniff each other's butts, can you <laughs> allude to how that works, Scott? Like, do they get their hatchets out and measure their hatchet against oh, the other guy's hatchet? I guess, what? man. I something <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about how much they love high and tight haircuts and shit like that. <laughs> Aren't they the best? <laughs> Fucking how many pair of Oakleys you own or something like that. <laughs> I, I do like the idea of uh, of you and Scott smoking the bandit like <laughs> fucking bandit and Cletusing oh, some it's terrain. Oh, it's gonna be a fucking <laughs> trip, man. Oh, maybe I need to get the Trans Am done. My Trans Am that's in the garage, my '78 bandit Trans Am. I get it up yes. and running. I would and love Scott nothing more than to, for you to finish your Trans Am to help escort this terrain from fucking <laughs> Little Enos and Buford Justice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get a fucking cowboy hat and a red button down with a huge collar, and we'll put Chris Duncan in a fucking white wedding dress, and we'll put get Scott and his fucking dog that kind of looks like a basset hound in the fucking moving van with a trucker oh. hat. <laughs> It'll be amazing. That would be the trucker best. hat, white preserver vest. I'm gonna grout some sweet Jerry Lee fucking sideburns. Yeah, <laughs> I like how you said I life can't. preserver vest, even though that was just a normal fucking vest. Like, what? <laughs> it's just a puffy vest. <laughs> I don't wear a lot of vests, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be fucking fantastic. I just, oh, this is make that happen, boys. Get that Trans Am running, Ryan. If Emily's listening right now, that's that's your sole goal. She cannot stop you from getting that done. Fuck you. <laughs> no Death Guard Army, all Trans Am. Nah. It's going towards the uh, the the thing I'm not going to discuss, but that will make everyone bow down and build a giant golden statue of gaming prowess to me that's ever had anything to do with gaming. We've said too much. Too much has been said on this podcast already. Yeah. So much secret shit going on. So good. Skunk works, man. True skunk works going on in the background right now. <sighs> so all right, so that's it for that, man. That's that's it for some some heresy camp talk, some updates that we gave you guys. Now we're moving on to voicemails. So let me see here. y'all ready for voicemails? We got the first one right here. Yeah, we're ready. The the fucking the Google Voice like. Uh, kind of text to speech. It like I don't know how to I don't know how to put it. Whatever. It says, "Hey guys, your mom here." So we'll see. We'll see how this is gonna go. Okay. Hope not. That is <laughs> <laughs> there's some extraterrestrial shit going on. If that's true. <laughs> hey guys, uh, Bjorn Lund here. Just giving you guys a call. I've got a industrial accident story. Uh, hopefully, I can get this done in a minute. We'll see. But anyway, so I was playing games with my buddy Dustin, and uh, he was, used to be a paramedic in the military, and he was stationed on a uh, marine uh, aircraft carrier. And one of the things that he had to deal with was this, this event that occurred. was a, a two-prop, uh, old, old plane. Uh, it just comes buzzing in, on kind of a windy day, I guess, and it comes up to the aircraft carrier to land, and it comes in, and in a gust of wind, Blows and so it just bounces on the deck. Oh, this is one from last the week. Helicopter prop. Yeah. Uh, or the, the airplane prop on the front hits the 
so the cone of this propeller shatters, and so it sends bits of uh, this propeller just all over the place. So there's two people that are affected by this. One guy, who's just an absolute badass, I guess, um, he gets hit in the arm by a, a piece of this and causes, like, I guess a, a, a gash that needed many stitches to stitch back up. But anyway, he's just running around with his arm bleeding like crazy. He manages to save seven people and get a commendation and everything. But the second guy uh, gets hit in the face by this, by this bit of the propeller, and uh, he loses a chunk of his jaw because this thing comes in and hits and just, like, hits around the jaw, just, like, I guess just shatters it and spits it all over the place. So, uh, But, yeah, so this story is basically about the guy who saved, like, ten people, and uh, just so happens to have a well all right so yeah that was the one from last week totally totally fucked the, the mom thing threw me off so scott scott didn't get to hear that i heard it now <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah i was like i'll just keep playing it so scott could hear it <laughs> that's why you don't land prop planes on fucking aircraft carriers there you go i mean I, I now know that. That is the thing I know now. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, guys, I'm listening to the new episode, and I'm hearing Ryan talk about, you know, hitting the lady's parked car. And uh, Michael makes the joke about, you know, she's in bed, but now all of a sudden she has a hurt neck. And I find this funny because I'm just leaving for lunch uh, from work, and the file that uh, we were just looking at as a review was where uh, a guy uh, had come around a corner too fast, slipped and plowed into a parked van at 1 in the morning, and later uh, the attorney was suing because uh, the, uh, the owner of the van said he and his buddies were leaning against the van, and it was hit so hard he was thrown across the yard and has all of these injuries. And then we talked to the uh, police officer who said the guy didn't even come out of his house until after the cop had been there for uh, 40 minutes. So, uh, yeah, that, I just found that extra funny because of the conversation, uh, hearing it on RFI right after I was hearing a uh, version of it at work. You guys take care. <laughs> was there a lawyer named Saul Goodman? <laughs> like, what the <laughs> oh, fucking... Well, I got something to add to that. I get a phone call. I, I was on my way to work today. My wife calls me. She's mad, I can tell, right away. And I go, what happened? And she goes, I was in Kroger parking lot, and somebody just hit my car. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? And she's like, yeah. So I guess somebody was, she was parked in her car and hadn't gotten out yet. She was going, she was sitting there in her car looking for fucking coupons on her phone because she's cheap. And <laughs> when, when the guy was, guy was packing up, he didn't back up straight. He tried to back up and turn at the same time in the front corner of his car went all the way down the side of her car started about halfway down her back door increased her back door her back fender and the back bumper did he stop nice was he was he trying to get away uh, with it? Nah, he stopped and she got all his info so she turned it all into insurance and shit today but it just sucks because i just i finally i you know i paid that other lady i went and paid the body shop and then gave her cash for a rental car and took care of all that without getting insurance involved and made everybody happy. And no sooner got through that situation, and two days later, somebody hits my wife in the parking lot. God damn it, people. Learn to drive, people in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. 
<laughs> it's all has to do with parking. Everybody just fucking hits parking parked people in Indiana. Yeah, apparently. Uh, here's the next one. Hey guys, it's Iron Hand Will. I'm now leaving work uh, and still listening to the new episode. And you were saying call in with ideas or send ideas for new short stories. Dude, you guys are radio free Istvan. We need a short story about people on Istvan and in the Istvan system struggling to survive horses treachery while listening to uh, the broadcast of a private radio, Radio Free Istvan. Talk to y'all later. Oh, yeah, that's a really cool idea. Like, have uh, people write short stories about people listening to Radio Freest Van, the the pirate broadcast radio station trying, like, some sort of private communication. What Vox channel are these motherfuckers on? Find them. <laughs> so then, they, then I guess they would get to assign what legions were from and what our jobs were in the legion and as part of their story. Yeah, we need to actually probably get with Kurt to uh, to go ahead and upgrade our uh, our little picture, our Radio Free Van picture, to include yeah. uh, two more people. So we need like four dudes there now. Well, how do you make Derek part time? You make him a rhino <laughs> driver. That's what you make him. <laughs> <laughs> He's the fucking guy who drives the whirlwind Scorpius and just sits in the backfield the whole time. <laughs> it's like hey, he's a he's the dude that adjusts the antenna. Hey, not 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 all Scorpius drivers are created equal, as Scott will tell you later. Oh, fucking a right, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Push comes to shove. <laughs> we'll we'll get to it. Later, yeah, after after you tell your little story, I had a conversation with Nick that you weren't privy to. That I'll let you in on Scott. That'll make you laugh even harder. Great. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I need a good laugh <laughs> at my own expense. Uh, so on that one, man, that's a that's a really fucking good idea. Uh, we'll definitely have to look into that as far as short stories go. Like I said, guys, in the previous episode, we were 100% overwhelmed by the amount of stories and the quality of stories y'all sent in for the Rapier Battery story. We have not completed or started judging yet so everything was due october 5th uh everybody here has their stories now we we have them on a dropbox and then we also distributed them out to other podcasts and so uh we'll have to sit down and see which one we're going to pick as far as a winner goes i think we'll probably announce that at the end of this month and uh try and get together the whole uh rape your battery episode from uh, some of the other podcasters and stuff like that. It's going to be a lot of reading, so I have no guarantee. Maybe get, maybe get ben, ben Porter and maybe JP and some other uh, uh, people that have cool voices and could do dramatic readings, read them off, and they, that way they're, not all the recording duties are stuffed on one person, and then maybe we can play them. No, yeah. Did, okay, so we have the – I don't know if you saw on the, uh, the secret Facebook group, the people have already called stories, like – Jake Bussey's gonna read a story from the Covenant of Fire. Like we, we have uh, we have individuals that are that picked their stories, read them out, and said which ones they were gonna read out. So super cool. excited about that. I was gonna have Ben Porter just read the winner, and then I was like, well, 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 actually Tim came out 
and said, like, you should just have all the, in, in my best Australian accent, Oi! <laughs> Crikey! <laughs> you should have all the podcasts read out the stories. That's the same. I assume he read that out by reading his his uh, his Facebook message. Are, are space breeds supposed to say cunt so much? Because, geez. <laughs> so we distribute out your guys' stories. Uh, we will make sure that we have a winner announced. I cannot guarantee when this rapier story uh, this rapier episode will be released only because I know how things like this go and it's a little difficult to get to get things like this done and, and compiled so we'll see about yeah. that so but that's it for voicemails man that's it for voicemails and that's it for uh, for announcements I am super stoked got my popcorn ready ready to sit back and uh, listening to how the Michigan GT went so Paint a picture for me, Scott. All right, man. So on, I can only talk from the you know the event perspective I was in, but I, I played in the Horse Heresy event, and the uh, the name of it is something. It's like Moons of Us, Moons of Abundus, something like that. Yeah, I Abundus. You know those moons. but um, it's it's Oots and Bootin or Oots of Bootin or some shit like that. Eating a boot, something like that. I don't <laughs> know. But, yeah, eating a boot. But uh, <clears throat> so it's a continuation of a narrative campaign that the Michigan G uh, Horace Heresy Group's been doing for quite a while. Um, the f- this goes like all the way back from last year when we were playing and the events they've had in between, and you know the the past twelve months. Um, ult- <clears throat> what it boiled down to was, excuse me. It was uh, three games first day on Saturday, and then two games at the end. And Zomortalis on Friday. Yeah, Zomortalis on Friday. I wasn't there for that. I wish I had been because it turns out that played a pretty big role in in everything else. So a little. You also fucked me. If you'd have been there, I could have played. There you go. Sorry, man. I know, but I I (laughs) wasn't. Aiden, you did it. So, (laughs) but uh, so. Essentially, um, you're uh, you're supposed to bring a couple of different lists, and how they format things is, you know, obviously Zone Mortalis. I don't, I didn't, wasn't there for that, but you can find that on the Michigan GT website. Um, your first list is 1,500 point Centurion list, following the same restrictions the Ive Horse guys have published. Uh, you know, anyone can look that up. Centurion list, uh, Ive Horse 30k. You'll be able to kind of get the feel for that what it essentially is is for if by some insane chance people out there don't know is a dismounted engagement like a like a zone mortalis plus size list so you know kind of staying away from the tanks and all the things that give people a, a case of the filzy badsy sometimes and you know fighting it out in a dismounted fashion so at 1500 points you have that list and then you have a base 2000 point list Age of Darkness with no Lords of War in it. Um, this can this is like your standard list, like a 2K list with, you know, whatever right of war you want to use, anything like that. Uh, going from there, you have that same four sword, you know, that same 2K list, and you add on 500 points sidebars. So this game, they'll be like, hey, use your 2K list and then add this sidebar this list and then add both in and you'll have a 3,000 
at the end of the day, once all that stuff's added in, it all has to fit into a force organization chart all together. So it's a little bit tricky to put together, but I kind of like that stuff because it's, I don't know, it invests me a little more in my list design and what I'm doing, things like that. Um, so the very first game, we really it was up to you. It was up to the TO as far as, uh, you know, how big games were going to be each round, but you always had the option to play Centurion style. I know a lot of people have seen the the pictures online of sort of the Centurion style tables that Jeff set up. He set up a there's like battle mats that that are very you know six by four battle mats. They're reminiscent of the inside of a spaceship, and then he broke up a couple of different rooms with like Zone Mortalis styles, things like that. And that's what we played those uh, fifteen hundred point Centurion games on. Um, every everything else, you know, every table had a theme. There was like a like a port style uh, table that was like had aquatic rules to it. Um, had some really good tables that were equipped with uh, terrain from GameMats.eu. I think it was. It's like they're pre-painted stuff where they have a mat and they have rocks and stuff that uh, you can just buy out of the box pre-painted, and that all looks really, really good. Um, so there were probably, I don't know, like 15, 20 planets, something like that. 15, maybe. And uh, the idea was it, it's not win or loss. What you're trying to do is accumulate points. You Like, you know, if I'm playing, say, you know, Ryan, what matters is how many points I score in that game because I'm trying to sway the influence the loyalists have on that planet as opposed to the trader and you just keep tallies all weekend long of how many points are scored on what planet um that being said whoever holds like that advantage for that particular planet their side like the loyalist side will receive the benefit that corresponds with that planet so it, it don't really matter how many games you win or lose what matters is how many points you have on the planets that you're playing on and if you're keeping your team in the lead with those planets so you can continue to receive those advantages um right so like you can you could in the very first round of the event on saturday you could beat somebody's ass like 30 to nothing and then the rest of the weekend the other team could still win every game on that planet but if they're only winning by a margin of like one or two points they may never get that planet back Right, exactly. So that that plays into the strategic aspect of what it means to be like a general and stuff and try to figure out like, hey, is this really worth my time? Like, am I just continuing to attack this with my best player for something that I'm never going to get back? Or should I like redirect my assets to go hit other planets that I can contest? Because at the end of the day, how many planets you hold in the like sector it decides who wins between loyalist and trader and you know for like meta outside of the event like price support wise that matters because those people are going to get first pick for th things and stuff like that so that's a really cool way to do it i thought i'm a big fan of of their list construction i look forward to it every year now like on my way home i was already making a making a list for uh for that you know, for next year, hopefully it stays the same. But, you know, if they change it, that's cool, too. There's a lot of really good imaginations over there, you know. So I trust them. I trust Jeff. Uh, <clears throat> my first game, I played against Word Bears in Centurion style. Uh, 1,500 points, you know. Um, 
I really am sorry, but I forget the gentleman's name. I played against Probably his. Joshua Grote. Was he a dark-haired guy with glasses? Yep, that'd be shirt? him. That'd be fucking yeah. him. Paints very, very well. Had a very, very nice-looking army. Super nice dude. Um, Jeremiah Grote, sorry. Jeremiah there you Grote. go. Yep. So played against him, and he had a word bears list with some Ashton Circling and Galvorback, uh, Zardu Lyak, and some Demon Allies and Sony and stuff like that. And my list was uh, Iron Hands, Head of the Gorgon, and I ran Ozek Moore, two tax squads with some, you know, minute upgrades. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> I had uh, two contemptors because in Centurion, for every infantry unit you take, you can take a Dreadnought. So I took two contemptors, and then monstrous creatures were 0-1, so I took a unit of two Domitars. And that's that's cool because the head of the Gorgon Rite of War lets you take, you know, battle automatize your, um, your like an elite's choice and an Iron Hands list. And I really like the Domitar model, but I don't ever really get to play with them because, you know, let's face it, they're a little, like, challenged. They just get shot to shit yeah. and die pretty much all the time. But in Centurion, you know, as it's intended, that they actually have a role they can fill there. So I played him. Our mission was to... Uh, it was Hammer and Anvil-style deployment. In the contested, like, neutral section of the board, at the end of the game, you had to hold, you know, however, whoever had the most units in that neutral section of the board wins. Um, <clears throat> now, this... <clears throat> now, this is... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm fucking dying. Thanks, Michigan. <laughs> but, uh, Fuck you, Michigan. <laughs> Goddamn it. But, uh... So... This was a really fun game and really tactically challenging because when you have the ability to summon demons and multiply your units and things like that, it really becomes very difficult to like try to keep up the score because you know he can just pop units down. And then at the end of the game, if he has more than me, he's going to win. So um, you have to be really, really careful like with your target priority and think about how you can move around quickest on foot like using consolidation moves and picking on smaller units, tying people up in close combat, things like that. Um, <clears throat> I ended up winning that game. Uh, it was pretty close. Jeremiah, super nice dude. Beautiful army. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my second game was against none other than uh, Night Lord Nick, our buddy, Shark Eyes Doll Smile from Indiana. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, me and Nick, Nick is... You know, by far one of my favorite people to play against because he's very agreeable, he's very knowledgeable, fun guy to be around and stuff. He has a great sense of humor, which is good because we give him all the shit you could possibly give someone. But uh, he takes <laughs> he's a little brother of the he's a little brother of the game club. So yes. if we're making fun of somebody, it's typically him. Yeah, basically him. But uh, yeah, we we do that from a place of love. Nick's an awesome dude, and he's a lot of fun to play against. So and. I, I see him, you know, at game nights and stuff, but I don't necessarily always get to play with him. So if I run into him at one of these events, I'll look forward to it. Just I like him as an opponent. Um, our mission was, oh, gosh. Our mission was control terrain features. So we played on this really cool table that had the amphibian base terrain. Uh, Jeff had painted up. It was originally, you know, a Forge World design, but I, I know they don't make it anymore try to come by some second hand i think now or through recasters however but uh 
it's pretty rare, and it was really cool to see that stuff. Jeff's are. I don't know yeah. that recasters make it. I know Jeff's is original because he's mad that that's all that he has because he bought a few pieces yeah. of it and then never got a chance to get more. Yeah, no kidding. And it's like seeing it up close and pulling off the lids and looking inside and shit. I don't know why they would ever stop making that stuff. It looks great. I know, you know, I don't, obviously I don't know the like inner workings of the business side of that, but I think it all looks dope. Um, so I was really cool to get to play on. The idea behind our mission was just control those train features like you wouldn't objective or anything else. Um, our game was super duper close. A uh, lot of long charges, a lot of luck. I got really lucky a bunch, especially in the latter half. And um, it ended up coming down to like tertiary points. And I beat Nick with a funny little trick I pulled off. Um so I had kind of a small deployment zone, and Head of the Gorgon lets you outflank your any vehicle with the tank type. Well, I didn't have anywhere to put one of my Whirlwind Scorpius, and I knew Nick had drop pods, and they're just going to come in and blow my shit up if I deploy it. And I don't, you know, I'm not smart about what I put on the table versus what I keep in reserves. And so I decided to put a Whirlwind Scorpius in reserves and outflank it. And at the end of the game, that thing that outflanked in his deployment zone got me line breaker and won the game. And Nick gave me ten kinds of shit about being the only person ever to outflank a Whirlwind Scorpius. So, you said you had a story about that, Ryan? Yeah, so, because he comes over and he goes, did you see that Scott beat me with an outflanking Whirlwind Scorpius? And I go, yeah, weren't you playing drop pods? And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, you probably dropped all in his face, and then he outflanked on your side of the board and then was able to shoot your stupid ass all, all game long like you were you know, trying to run across the board without drop pods because you drop potted all your pods in his deployment zone. And he goes, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I said, well, that was incredibly smart on his part. I applaud him. I'm like, I've never even thought of somebody doing that, but that's pretty funny. And he goes, yeah, I know. It makes me hate it even more. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it worse. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty funny yeah i like man. that it was it was a lot of fun man he, he's a really good guy and we always we always have a good time together he's a very tactically sound too so gave me a hell of a run for my money but my third game was against christopher bergeron so i met chris for the first time at your event uh what was it like two weeks ago three weeks ago yep over the moment there you go yeah over the moment so Chris is an outstanding painter. Um, he painted the Dark Mechanicum you'll see on our Facebook thread with did our uh, red and yellow primarily with some green OSL. Uh, beautiful army. Chris actually ended up winning best painting for the trader side this weekend. Um, he couldn't have deserved it anymore. It's one of the more beautiful armies that were there out of, I don't know how many attendees they have, but I think it's over 300 people. At least I had heard that number getting tossed around. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful army. Um, really, really awesome guy to play against. Our our uh, mission was victory points, fourth edition style. So, you know, whatever you kill, you get you total up the amount of actual points that item or, or that unit is valued at. If you kill half of it, you get, you know, half the points for it, what, whatnot. Um Really, really close game. Uh, Chris said he he just started playing pretty recently, but he has his rules down really, really well. I mean, he's he's coming along really fast. I think he said he has like ten games 
he's like 10 games in because he primarily, you know, enjoys painting and hobbying, but he's starting to play a little more and he came on, he came on strong. It was a really, really fun game. Very challenging. I think I ended up pulling that out by a little bit, but it was super bloody, you know, graviton imploders and thanatars and that kind of stuff. They, uh, they'll push you through your paces every time. And I definitely, I definitely took a few lumps trying to, trying to pull that one out. But so that was day one. Um, Day two, we we had two games. These are bigger points level games. So I think our first one was 2K and our last game being 3,000 points. You know, everything you brought, essentially. I played against Chuck Ladd, my fourth game. uh, Iron Warriors player. Has a beautiful army. Um, Running uh, Iron Circle that was giving a lot of people fits that weekend. Yeah, big, big unit of them. Not not huge at 2K, but had a lot of the models and... um, that was a really close game. Me and him ended up drawing. The idea was we pick a terrain feature in each of our deployment zones, and it's worth a set amount of points if you like them. Um, oh, what's the what's the mission out of the Red Books, Ryan? Is it Shatter Strike or the one where you have to hold an objective in your onslaught, right? Or uh, onslaught is? I thought onslaught was where each each of the three zones is worth a different amount of points. Maybe. But people know what we're talking about. It's it's sort of similar to one of the generic missions where you, you place an objective or you pick an objective and then you have to hold your enemies in his deployment zone. He has to try to hold yours. Um, yeah. We just kind of, as, as that mission I'm sure is designed, we just kind of met in the middle and punched each other in the face for a while and ended up uh, pulling out a draw 4-4. And a lot of fun. Really nice dude. Really well painted army. Iron Warriors have a special place in my heart because that's my that's my traitor legion. So always enjoy getting to see other other well painted armies like that. Um my fifth and final game uh was against Brian Force, another than the powerful Brian Force from Michigan. And uh Brian has a very, very well painted Death Guard army. Um you were telling me a little bit about the history of the scheme he kind of picked out with how his Death Guard Marines, they're, they're like primary panels, their primary race panels are white, but the like secondary underlying panels are gray. That was like original artwork from way back then. Yeah, day. well, no, it's it's in the black books. If you go to book one, which is where Death Guard are first in, yeah. and you turn to the, the Legion section where it starts going over their rules and stuff, there's a full-page picture of a Death Guard Marine. I believe he has a Meltagun, but I'm not sure. And he's just kind of standing, walking forward, almost at ease. And it's the artwork is done by Adrian Smith, who's done a lot of uh, art for Games Workshop. And he's got he does some of the better art that they have in a lot of their books. He's done it for Fantasy uh, 40K, 30K, all that. But anyway, that was something that was unique um, to him, as far as I know, with how he drew that and colored that in. But it, it looks really, really cool. And it's actually kind of how I wanted to do my Death Guard. And I don't know if we talked about it on the MK episode or not, where I got in, like, a not a real argument, but, like, kind of a little discussion with Matt Kane, where I was like, I kind of want to do my guys this way, but I'm arguing with the guy that is the Forge World Studio painter that created the Death Guard paint scheme, as we know it, for the models. So I'm, I'm, I didn't pick my battle very wisely. <laughs> and Matt let me know about it. <laughs> Fuck you, Matt Kane. Things are changing around here, sir. But... Yeah, what do you 
<laughs> what do you know about how Death Guard should be painted? <laughs> if I need advice from you, lie me about powder wigs or soccer, I'll ask. But yeah. It's not out. like I flew halfway around the world to just take a class specifically from you or anything. <laughs> oh, shit. But, uh, yes, I'll play Brian. He has a really, really well-painted army. One of my favorites. Um, he's one of the Michigan guys. Him and Jeff Crawley both will, you know, often make the trip to, to Indiana and play in the events you hold in Martinsville and stuff. And it's always good seeing them. Um, gosh, I played Brian last year in a team game, and I ended up winning. And when you beat a, a faction in the – Horse Heresy Michigan series, you get a dog tag, like a really well-designed dog tag that Jeff has made. It's kind of like a commemoration. And what it does is it, you can, if you play against that Legion, you can pick a unit and give it preferred enemy against every, you know, unit in his army, you know, if you play him later down the road. And it kind of, you know, it kind of gives a cool little thing, like, oh, I got your dog tag, like, you can talk shit to your friends and stuff, which I always enjoy doing. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, some some of those dog tags like Night Lords are now useless because certain night a certain Night Lord player we know lost so many games that they're just like so common now. Yeah, I know. Like God, Jesus, man! I'm pretty sure <laughs> that just came in like the swag bag when you registered, apparently. Because yeah, everyone you just, has get, a- you just get a Night Lord tag that says "I love you" from Nick right on yeah. the right in your swag bag. Oh. So, yeah, he had a long weekend, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I played against Brian. Um, the mission essentially was hold like another one of those hold terrain style things, but it was actually on your table, uh, that moonscape table you have with like the, the landing pad in the middle and yeah. I my, my general let me choose my, my secondary objective. And what my secondary objective was, was to hold the center of the table. So my primary is to hold the center of the table, and my secondary is to hold the center of the table. So I was either going to win this by a lot, or I was going to lose it by a fucking lot. And uh, me and Brian ended up battling it out. He had a, a very like traditional, fluffy, as you would imagine, at Death Guard Army with all his dudes pretty much on foot, Grave Wardens breachers all that stuff but the cool thing was his side the traders held the command influence on this planet and what that gave him was it gave his units all his units whatever he wanted to the deep strike ability grave wardens and 20 breachers and mortarian on foot i'm not super worried about (laughs) grave wardens and breachers and mortarian deep striking in my face is a fucking huge problem. And let me tell you, I have never been shot by Grave Wardens before. Like, with the little, uh, little, you know, three-inch blast oh, the, the, attack. The double, the, double top, the double tap three-plus poison blast? That's super fucking fun. devastating, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. And, and Brian didn't like playing this out or anything. He wasn't being a dick about it. That's just how it boiled down. And I was like, and I immediately was like, "Holy fuck, I'm about to get it," and I did. Oh, um, oh, I, I've, I've planned it out. I, I have, uh, I have three <laughs> squads of them in my Death Guard army. It's planned. Right on. There you go. <laughs> I can tell you from uh, at least one perspective that they're pretty good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so that happened, and uh, he ended up contesting me on one of my objectives. 
like closer to the center of the table. So all I got was my secondary while he won the primary, his secondary and then tertiary points. And Brian ended up pulling it out and beating me. And I'm proud to say, because I like Brian and he's an awesome painter and player and good dude. He's the first person from Michigan to get a dog tag from me. And I'm glad it went to him because the rest of those guys can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, uh, Brian, it was, a, it was a really great game. Um, wrapping it up, um, as far as like awards and things like that goes, uh, like I said, Chris Bergeron won best painting for Trader. Well-deserved, uh, some other schlub won it for loyalists. I don't know. Some fucking drunk guy just stumbling around in a short pair of khaki short shorts, but we won't get into him. And, and flip flops. Yeah, flip flops. Um, and bruised legs. Yeah, yeah, bruised legs. Always bruised legs. <laughs> Got some more bruises on those legs today. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. But uh, they also had player voting most valuable player. And that went to Mike Walker for his and for his children. Anyone that's familiar with Mike in that area or seen his army, really good-looking army, super nice dude, very good player. From what I understand, he did a lot of a lot of really good work in accumulating those points for his team. Um, and ours went to a gentleman named Connor, who was a Custos player for the uh, Loyalists, and he went unsurprisingly 5-0. Um, really nice guy from what I understand. Awesome dude, pretty new to uh 30k and also a new, newer listener to us as well. So it was nice to, nice to hang out with him and meet him and stuff. Um, a funny thing about the weekend though, <clears throat> and I got to bring it up. So we kind of have a rival, like a friendly rivalry, super friendly rivalry between the two metas in Michigan and Indiana, right? Where, we kind of have the reputation for playing the most broke shit and stuff, being like a little bit harder or whatever. Those Michigan guys voted a custodes player is the MVP of the loyalist event. All right. So any bragging rights they had about talking shit about us playing stuff that is too broken. That is gone, sir. That is gone. That is out the fucking window. <laughs> It's no surprise the public stance we take our custodes personally. And, um, yeah. So was this like something like, they voted on, or was this like uh, points? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, they they vote on it. It's like uh, your side votes in the majority. You know, hey, and he was a really nice guy and played well. He won his game, so I'm not I'm not taking anything away from him, but. I, I am. He plays fucking custodes. That's like starting halfway to the finish line. Yeah, like yeah. I was. A- <laughs> all right guys we're gonna go ahead and have this race y'all all run on foot i'll ride this bike <laughs> no? yeah i was yeah. like well i i can tell you this if you play custodes and you don't win all five of your games you are the least valuable player of life. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh so i was i was talking with my buddies on the way home and i came up with a funny little idea all right so no one, no one really likes playing against Custodes. It's just not enjoyable. It's so unbalanced, and tough, and it, it sucks. But I'm not going to be the one who's going to sit back. If people are going to play him and people are going to allow him, there's not a lot I can do about it. So I'm going to go on the offensive instead. Next year, I'm going to bring as many of my Hillbilly friends up there, and we're all going to play on the trader side. 
and the wager I'm going to present to them is whoever we're, we're all going to like agree to the same thing. We're going to paint nice armies, good list, theme list, but we're gunning for the custos players. If they're there, if they don't fix it in the meantime and decide to put some restriction in place because of grumbling or whatever, but if they're there, whichever of us has the most wins over custodes wins in the rest of the group is going to have to pay for that person's dinner at a very nice Brazilian steakhouse. <laughs> so there you go. Boom, I'm laying down the gauntlet and just, so you know, Michiganers you're sitting there right now. You have 364 days to start thinking of fucking excuses of why all these Kentucky guys are going to have custodes dog tags after next year. So time's a ticket. It's coming. <laughs> Hey, Kentucky guys, if you need help writing lists, I know a guy that would be more than happy to write you some shit that yeah, would we, up a mud we hole and a cup of that. just be able to facilitate that. So, In fact, I'm already working on an army that does it. I'll give you the army to do it because I won't be able to because I'll be running the Dark Age event. But I'll paint and build the army that if you lose to Custodes with it, it's just as bad as Custodes losing... To anybody at all. (laughs) So, so are y'all essentially declaring open season on fucking custodes right now? Is that? Hey, man, (laughs) I'm saying if no one else is going to fix the problem, we're just going to have to fix it our fucking selves. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's that's just how we do things. Yeah, down here, God's country. So, well, I've already written my you know golden fuckboy elimination list. So. I, I just, I, I, you know, I hate events because it's going to be a rough go for anybody, including non-Custos players. And I don't really want to unleash that on hey man, regular lateral damage. Folks, you got to break some eggs and make an omelet. Yeah, That's I mean, it, it's one of those things. If you get in the way of it while on my way to those uh, golden assholes, it's on you. I don't know what to tell you yeah, about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't blame me. <laughs> so. And don't ever be the guy who has a custodes army sitting out and be like, oh, don't worry. I'm not playing it the broke way or anything. I mean, like the part where you put it on the table and roll dice with the tape measure, you know, that part, that broke <laughs> way. I mean, how I, they I, guess roll. You, I guess if you take a naked shield captain and you take like two minimum units of like spear guys and then the rest of your list is nothing but the. The heavy support dudes with the the assault wa- rifle things like that are like, like heavy bolters and terminators because I don't feel like the assault rifle guys and the terminators are. I think that those are. I actually think the assault rifle guys are a little weak for their points, and I think the terminators are about the only thing in that entire list. That's yeah, appropriately. The assault rifle ways. guys don't have like relentless or anything either, do they? They just have to like no. stand still. Yeah. They just have to stand there. They're more like a heavy weapon and they're not they're not great um so what you're saying is don't take valdor in the shield captain with the re-rollable on the same list don't oh okay good don't don't take that don't take either one of those guys ever in any list on their own or otherwise (laughs) or together you know uh, pro tip tips from the pros folks but (laughs) But a uh, really good event, man. A lot of fun. I love to talk a little shit to those guys because I enjoy going up and seeing them. I don't get to see them enough. It is super far. And uh, I get really sick every time I go up there. So here I am. But um, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. A big thanks to Jeff Crawley and all his supporting uh, 
cast and crew, they always put on a good show. They make every every bit of that drive worth it and all the money and stuff. And I just couldn't uh I couldn't enjoy it anymore and I'm very grateful. I look forward to seeing them again, hopefully soon. So I love it. I love yeah. that you Unless declared. you're a Custos player. If you're a Custos <laughs> player and you live up there, stay the fuck up there. I don't want to yeah. see you. Maybe go farther <laughs> north. See if you can go to Canada, Edward Island, I don't know, anywhere up there. Yeah. You can use that hotel room I booked on accident. Yeah, fuck it. Enjoy that. But that's me. So, Ryan, how about you? So, this was my experience. I showed up. I knew I was going to have to run the Dark Age event Saturday. So I couldn't play in the narrative because it's both Saturday and Sunday. So I knew that uh, I could play in the Zone Mortalis and Centurion event. So I signed up for the event. Um, I had to paint a few extra units. I painted uh, the five uh, Seeker guys that I was going to run and the Contemptor Dreadnought, which I posted pictures up on, on uh, Radio Free is Fun. Um, if you guys didn't see it, it's in the same post that my Rhino is in, and most people probably just stopped at that Rhino and didn't scroll down any further. But the back half of that album is actually pictures of the computer. Um, but anyway, I painted that stuff up, and I get there, and I walk over to play, and Jeff's counting heads on who can, and he counts, and he gets to, he's got 15 people. So he's he's got an odd number, and I can see it in his face. He's pissed because he would have had to been the ringer, and this is on Friday, right at the beginning of the event, and he still has a bunch of shit to do. So it's not something he wanted to do, was play meaningless games in an event that he's trying to run and organize and has all this other shit going on. So he was, you could tell he was stressing out about it, and he was kind of looking around like, what am I going to do? And so I figured out what was going on, and I told him, well, if, if you absolutely don't want to do it, I'm, I guess I can drop from the event. And he was like, would you do that? And I said, yeah, I guess I don't, you know, I want to play, but you know, it is what it is. And he's like, all right, well, cool. Thank you. And I started walking away and then Jeremiah Grote comes walking up and Jeff was like, Oh, hang on a minute. And I was like, got all excited. And I turned around and was like, yeah, I get a play. Now there's another guy and counts again, comes up with 15 again. Somehow he's like, Nah, we're good. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> that's not really what he said, but that's what happened. So I was like, beat it. Got, got told, beat it, nerd. And then I just went and set up my Dark Age table. So I didn't actually get to play. Mm. <laughs> He's teasing you for a minute. And then. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, Scott wasn't there, but after he did that to me, I was like, oh, am I this year's mug guy? And I got on to him about the mug. Scott knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, yeah, it's kind of a bummer I didn't get to play. I wish, Scott, if you'd have got there in the day early, we'd have had enough people where I could have played. Austin was supposed to be there. He dropped two. If any of you guys would have showed up, I could have played. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Kill you should have sent up the fucking bat signal. I would have been there, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no big deal. So I just, I went over and set up my Dark Age tables. Mm. Well, all right. Sounds like you also had a good time. Did you have any uh, experience in the restroom where dudes were shitting uncontrollably? Oh, God. <laughs> no. Uh, did you stay in that hotel or did you stay off-site, Scott? I stayed in it. Um, well, what about it? Uh, I was just, like, when I had to, like, 
if I just had to piss, I went into the bathroom. But if I had to go number two, I just went up to my room. I wasn't, I wasn't gonna mix mix with that. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It was full, dude. It sounded I mean, like something I mean, like why, a demonic ceremony going our, on. Why in run there. through artillery fire? Why run through artillery fire when you can just like have a nap in the command bunker? Yeah, no shit, right? Man, well, that's a good tip. Next year, that's what I'm doing. Well, in all fairness, he did not know. Hey, a funny a story though. I was I was taking a shit in that bathroom and watching the live stream of Freddie the Swede and Jody auction stuff off. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm, glad you. I'm glad when I saw Scott Switzer is watching this with you. That was it was <laughs> Joy. <you were> shitting. <laughs> I was. There you go. I had a feeling. Something. Just, something. Something else good come from the event. So, so Dave Taylor played in my Dark Age event. And I got to talking to him, and he's writing a book about wargaming and certain things relating to gaming, and the book's going to be out soon, and he wants to come on our podcast to promote it. <laughs> Love it. That sounds fantastic. Absolutely. So, we'll have to get Dave on. I told him we would, so... Whenever he's ready, he can come on the show. Dave Taylor, you're more than welcome. You beautiful man. Yeah. So that sounds like a fucking great event. I'm glad you had some fun playing games. Uh, sounds like all the uh, sounds like all the missions and terrain were were on point. So you can't really go wrong there. A little disappointed in the custodian oh, yeah. player, but you know whatever. Things I'm not disappointed in him. The guy's a nice dude. I've talked to him several times. Yeah, it's not his fault. He's new. Um, he was his first event. I think was the Amara Codex event that uh, we went up to. I don't think Scott went. It was just that small, oh. like Centurion event. Um, his stuff wasn't even fully painted there, but he had it fully painted for this event, which is good. It shows that he's actually committed and painted his shit in between, which I actually noticed and congratulated him on, and thank you for doing that. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, Games Workshop, they came out with that, you know, Custodes, and then they come out with that really super easy-to-buy plastic box set where new players are like, oh, look, I can get this box set for really cheap. And these guys are expensive point-wise, and I don't have to have very many of them, and they're not that expensive, and, you know, it's not that many models to paint. So it's not really – I'm more disappointed in that the fact that they can't fucking assign an appropriate points value to a model – than I am people wanting to play them. Yeah, yeah. I'm with it. I'm not mad at him. But, hey, if you don't know, now you know. So, (laughs) in the (laughs) words of the Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that's it for some Michigan GT talk. Highly recommend it. Go. Go if you're around, anything like that. They had plenty of open slots. I know registration fills up, but shit happens and people don't show. So it's one of those things. Yeah, I think they had uh, twenty mid twenties registered, like twenty four or twenty six, but I think only eighteen showed up. Yeah. So, you know, if you're sitting at home and you're on the sidelines waiting, wondering whether to go or not, there's a good chance they can get you in. Yeah. The Zone Mortalis event was sold out. The Zone Mortalis event was 100% sold out, but uh, five people, or I think it was either an 18-man event or a 20-man event, but obviously people didn't show up, so. Dang it. 
Well, that moves us on to our next thing we're going to talk about here. Uh, the Secret Santa. Secret Santa. So, this is probably something that we just wanted to touch base with everyone that's in our Patreon group and our Patreon supporters that this year, powerful Jamie is running a Secret Santa. It's it's a drop pod, drop Secret Santa drop, I think. Is the yeah. exact is the exact term that was used? Hold on, I'll, I'll get a, I'll pull it up. So, this for year, those that don't know, Jamie, Jamie's part of the show behind the scenes. He's helping us. Uh, he used to do the Toys for Pops thing over at Free Buddhas, and he's doing it uh, through us now. And he's going to do this Secret Santa stuff, and he helps a lot with us behind the scenes on our podcast chat thing. Exactly. Jamie's like this secret admin that showed up out of the blue and is just taking it upon himself to come do these awesome, awesome events. And he came up and said, hey, guys, would y'all like me to run the Deep Striking Secret Santa for you guys this year for the Crusader host? And we're like, well, fuck, yeah, that's Why, yes, badass. we would, sir. <laughs> and so he typed up this beautiful, beautiful document. Like, he's run it in the past before, so now he's got this awesome, awesome just rules and everything like that he's he's already knows how to how to run it it's just it's super cool guys so sign up runs right now if you're in the patreon it's for patreon supporters only but we're just letting you guys know if you're not a patreon supporter not everyone about plan on being one then just go ahead and forward through about two minutes from this talk right here and you won't have to listen to this but if you are listening guys make sure you have from october 7th to october 20th to sign up for this and this will basically get you a an entry. Get get it. Send it over to Jamie at Warhammer30k.com. That's a J A M E at Warhammer30k.com. Uh, what will happen is you'll say, "Hey, Jamie, I want to participate in this Secret Santa." He'll go ahead and draw names, and he will get you matched up with somebody. Hopefully, it's pretty cool because he said he will try and keep country separated. So he's going to try and find somebody in your country. That will be uh, your secret Santa, and you will essentially get an, a notification that says, like, hey, this is this person's army that he plays. This is what they wanted, everything like that. And I think right now the the, the kind of price range we're looking at for all secret Santas, I think it's between, uh, I believe it was like 50 to $250. No, 25 to $150 is the price range most people stuck to in the past. So that's kind of what you're looking at there. You jump in, uh, you can do new in box stuff. You can do painted models. Like I think it'd be fucking badass if you're, you know, you're just like, yeah, I play blood angels. And somebody sent you some painted fucking blood angels that you didn't know that you were going to have or something like that. But that's generally the kind of uh, secret Santa, uh, gifts that we are looking at. So that's, that's, um, that's, that's something to definitely look into. Um, if you want the full rules on everything like that, we did post a, a post up in the uh, RFI Crusader Host secret group, and then we also posted up in the uh, the Patreon the Patreon post. So uh, both the Word documents should be in both sides. So go ahead and uh, go look at that. Get the full rules on that. We just wanted to make sure, guys, that you were fully up to date and aware. I know that that we we discussed it inside the chat but that thing goes on non-fucking stop so if you don't look at it for a day you're 
way behind. So I know we, we talked about it a little bit, and so I just wanted to make sure that while I had you all listening right now, which hopefully you are listening, that you knew that there's a time frame that you need to go ahead and gather this up. So October 20th is the cutoff for the Secret Santa. So uh, there's already been sign-ups. Just go ahead and make sure that you do get signed up for that uh, deep striking Secret Santa. So yep. anything y'all guys want to add to that or anything like that? I don't think so. Nope. So, I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah, I need to sign up. I haven't signed up yet. I didn't even know there were rules because yeah. I've been busy and I didn't look. So I need. I needed to hear this announcement. It's beautiful. It's beautiful that we all were. See, like everybody listening right now is like, oh shit, yeah, I need to sign up for that right now. Jamie at warhammer30k.com. Just go ahead and send him. Uh, you need to include the following in the email. The subject line needs to be RFI Deep Strike and Santa 17. The body needs to include the following, your real name and current mailing address. Uh, it needs to, if you move after you submitted your address and you do not make any attempt to communicate that you moved and address has changed, it is on you. So, uh, just yeah, that happened before I, I was part of the, I was part of, I remember that. That's why that's there. Anyway, go ahead. Pretty next, funny. next thing you need to include in the, in, in the, uh, in the body is the top army or two or three that you would like to receive a gift from. And he says, I know we have some seriously talented painters in this group. If you would prefer a non-painted item so that you can match your own paint style, I will make <laughs> I will make a notification of that. So go ahead and notify them if you don't want people to paint your shit because you're a fucking Matthew Kane or something. Or you went to an MK yeah. class and you don't want people to paint fucking plebeian metal on your shit because you know you could do it better. Yeah, please. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. I have Wonder Watch people. I don't. I don't need to hear metal. <laughs> oh, super great! So that's all you need to include, guys. Go check that uh, that post in the Facebook page on the RFI closed group, and it will show you on there uh, what the rules are. It's a pinned word document, and then also all of it's copy and pasted onto a post. So take care of you there. Go get signed up ASAP. Y'all. So that's that. That's the Secret Santa. Glad we got that out of the way. And we got one last event shout out here. Maybe one second. Yeah. We do have an event shout out that we did have requested from us. And this comes from Mr. Ryan Bridges. Oh, that was his closer submission. By the way, we are still getting the closer submissions, guys. I'm trying to not overwhelm the Facebook page with closer submissions. We do have a fuckload of them. I went and got stamps this weekend while I was sending, uh, while I was sending Scott his, uh, his fajita seasoning and big pickups for that, by the way, <laughs> that was desperately needed for a gentleman and a scholar. And so did go ahead and get a whole bunch of fucking stamps and envelopes so we can start sending out these closer patches uh, I did want to go ahead and I'm going to actually, me and Derek are working together to get a certificate printed for you guys that way you can frame it and all that stuff and we can sign it and let you know that you are in fact a closer and we'll send that inside the envelope with the patch in the middle. Just slap it on there and send it off to you. So keep those coming in guys and we will continue to post your closer pictures on the Facebook page. So I'm thinking like I'll do like two a week. That way I don't overwhelm everybody. But Cool. As far as the event shout-out, this comes from Ryan Bridges over at Maryland 30K. I'm assuming this is Dark Angels Ryan Bridges, right? This is the one that painted the Toys for Tarts army? 
Uh, yes. Okay. He's so, also been on our show before and did a battle report. That's right. Powerful Ryan Bridges. So it was good to hang out with Ryan a bit during Nova this year. Not only did we get to shoot the shit a bit, but we also gave me first game demo game of Dark Age, which was much appreciated. Ryan, you can't go sneak fucking turning these people on the back end. Why? <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys to give an event that I am running in December a shout out. This will be the first game event in a series of narrative events designed to keep the narrative and 30k active in the region in the months between Nova. On December 9th, I'll be running a holiday heresy event at Games and Stuff in Glen Burnie, Maryland. Players will play three games of narrative heresy and 1850 points Age of Darkness list. There will be also be Zomortalis tables present where players can choose to play one of their rounds with a 1250-point Zomortalis list. Result of this day of gaming will carry on to the next event and will be used to drive the narrative for future events. $10 entry fee will go to prize support. FYI, anyone passing through Baltimore, Annapolis, D.C. area should check out games and stuff. It's a fantastic fellow or friendly local game store that runs a wide range of events at local community. Those interested in joining the Maryland 30K group should be able to find it online or can contact me through you guys. So Maryland 30K guys, I know we got a lot of guys in Virginia that are pretty close to you. So Maryland 30K, go check them out. I know it's not that far of a drive for you to check out. Looking at you boys. Looking at you. Oh, looking at you, Oliver. And Alistair. And who else is over there? Evan. (coughs) And all you boys. We know you're over there. Mark, Henry. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go. We go for days. Thank you for the shout out and everything you do to bring the heresy community together. It is much appreciated and helps keep the painting motivation going. Ryan Bridges, the Maryland one, not the Texas one, the Houston, Texas one. So yeah, December 9th, 1850 point game and a 1250 point Zomortalis game. So that's coming up boys. $10 entry. You can't really beat that. That's a full game of fucking full day of gaming right there. And it's not going to be like completely draining because you're not going to be playing this massive 2500 point game. It'll be 1850, so I think the rounds will go pretty quick. So, sounds like it's going to be a solid event. Go yeah. get some unlimited mimosas. So. Dude, who doesn't love a good mimosa? <laughs> I don't want God to meet damn the person. unlimited mimosas? I feel like that's a fucking, that's a challenge. <laughs> like, are you calling me out? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> are you saying Scott has to go drink 45 mimosas in one day? Because I'll do it, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, in, shor- in shorts and flip-flops at wintertime yeah. in Maryland. <laughs> sure will. My DEPCON record is 72 beers in four days, ladies. So, uh, <laughs> oh, oh my. Yeah. Like what kind of box, beer? What bro? kind of beer, more importantly? Uh, Coors Light, so I stayed hydrated, unfortunately. <laughs> you can't drink 72 Blue Moons in four days unless you're fucking Yokozuna or something. Like, goddamn. Well, that's it for that event, and hopefully they find some way to get some mimosas to the event. So, Scott, I know we had to lose you at this point before we start doing the list. You want to go ahead and shout out goodbye to everybody? Yep. Hey, everybody, have a good week. We will, well, I will see you next week with these guys. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I fucked up this outro. You made me. You made it sound like I was supposed to say something like important, and then I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> All right. We miss you already, Scott. Just gonna awkwardly shuffle out now. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Are you gonna be at the next game night in a couple weeks?
he's gone. We lost him. Uh, and, he's, and he's gone. And he's gone. And he's gone. Dude, I was going to tell you, I actually forgot about this portion of games. Like, speaking of game night. So, I told you that me and Derek, we like, well, I played this weekend, and I just happened to play against Derek. Okay? So, okay. Uh, me and him were playing the mission where whoever kills the most people gets the the whoever kills the it's like pretty much like a victory point kind of thing whoever kills the most it was that mission and uh we were both playing uh drop pot army drop pot assault and so okay. uh, orbital assault and so we pretty much orbital struck all of the drop pods in like the center of the table because like pretty much it was whoever goes first is gonna fucking lose like that's pretty much how it went down and uh, unfortunately poor derek went first with the space wolves so he you know four drop pods come in and then my four drop pods come in that are like perfectly ready to intercept everything that he has out on the table already so the game goes in my favor pretty quick you know and so we're nearing turn five and derek's just got a uh just got a single squad left kind of near the table and i've got my leviathan a contemptor cordis and a dreadnought and so, okay. and my, and my uh, HQ and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, Derek being the, the gentleman he is doesn't forfeit when it's that, when it's that close to the game being over, he just plays it on through. Uh, so naturally I decided I was going to rack up some victory points by destroying drop pods. So these cortices and these, uh, these, uh, <laughs> the Leviathans and dreadnoughts went on like probably my favorite, like mini game I've ever played on any game table, which was like a destruction derby of destroying drop pods with <laughs> big has dreadnoughts running through them with chain fist. And <laughs> it was just so, it was so much fun. Like I can't, I, I destroyed so many drop pods so quick over two turns, like just fucking running through them. <laughs> just, oh, it was, it was beautiful. I had to, I had to share that cause it was, it was a blast. It was, it was just like a mini game included in the normal game. It was very sweet. Yeah. I felt like I had to share that. So, anyway. Let's get on with this Ultramarines list. How about that? Gotcha. All right. And this is going to be for Mr. Callus with one of the coolest names Ryan's ever seen in his life. He says, Hi, Ryan and Michael. I was a 40K player and I have been in the hobby since 2nd edition. I really got tired of the competitive nature of 40K and the business model they have adopted. 30K narrative style was play has really called out to me. As I am very new to the 30K, I will be playing my first time at a tournament in a couple weeks. Jesus Christ, just jump right in. I have been building an Ultramarines army as I bought a Calf Prospero box and a few other models. I do love to paint more so than building list. That being stated, I would love to make a well-rounded, fun-to-play and play against Death Guard Army. I do not have anything set in my mind other than a few of items I'd like to paint. I would like to have the Legion Primarch, Flyers, Tanks, Troops, Walkers, Super Heavies, etc. I would like to request a 2500 point plus 500 point upgrade to the list. My group plays 1500 to 2k point Zomortalis and 2500 point 3k point standard games. I don't have any models for this army currently, so I'm not tied to any specific models. I want to know what I need to invest in. I would like a, to use a Kalth and or Prospero box for my troops to keep the force down so the bigger models are affordable. 
I am game to buy upgrade kits, special characters, etc. to equip my army. I would really appreciate a couple flexible lists so I can put together and bring my army to the gaming group. I have been building custom terrain fortresses tables to be a good citizen soldier for our tournaments. I love listening to your podcasts. I enjoy them on my breaks, lunches, on the bus, and even when I'm working out of the gym. You guys crack me up. Love your humor and hobby talent. Many of my friends have had the pleasure of reviewing of you reviewing their list. Thank you very much, Kalis. Okay. So, so did he guard in the middle of that? Because I thought he said ultramarines at the beginning. Uh, so he's been building an ultramarines army, and he said that. I would love to make a well-rounded, fun to play against Death Guard Army. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I made him an Ultramarine Army. Well, here's what we'll do, because I already have it ready and written. We're gonna read his. We're gonna read an Ultramarine Army that he didn't ask for, and <laughs> I'll sit down and do a Death Guard Army, and we can read it off next episode. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You're getting the two for one, Mister. <laughs> He's actually getting three for one because he asked for. A twenty-five point, twenty-five hundred point army that he could turn into a three thousand point army. So he's getting like four lists out of me. But God bless. Anyway, him. by the way, this, this guy's last name is Odinson. He's like the son of Odin. Odinson. How fucking cool is that? Like, he's always got like a career in fucking like bulk metal or Viking metal if he doesn't if it doesn't work out as a thirty k player or whatever his profession is. I imagine he's like a, a giant bearded. Like blacksmith guy, open air blacksmith, or some shit. That's in my how, head, anyway. Well, isn't uh, isn't that super like super powerful lifter that dude that like breaking ancient records? Isn't his name Bjorn Ordenson? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think that the mountain isn't the mountain named Bjorn. Ordenson? No, 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 no. His last name's not Odinson. Is it Thorson? I don't remember what his last name is. I think it's Thor's son. Everybody always talks about him because he's on Game of Thrones, but there's an American guy that's just like some hillbilly dude you never heard of that like whips his ass in all those events, just so you know. <laughs> oh, it's half half Thor Julius Bjorn's son is his name. Yeah, there you go. That's a fucking cool name. Odin's son's pretty cool. But half Thor? Bjorn's son, that's pretty tight. I'm I'm kind of curious who this like. You don't you don't get above Odin, sir. Odin's <laughs> the top of the food chain. He's Odin's son. That's what fucking Thor is. Odin's son. <laughs> well, this dude's half Thor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's half. This guy's full. He's full son. Talking half son. It's not any cooler. Don't listen to this guy, Callus. Fuck him. Anyway. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Let's, could, let's get on to you... these lists. Let's get let's get onto these lists that you totally didn't ask for. <laughs> it, this dude, like this dude, has some past. Like, like when I hear like about you know doing the doing the whole uh, family tree bullshit, I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna find out that like my grandparent or my great great grandparents like crossed over from Mexico to Texas. Like that's all I have to look forward to. Odin's son's family, like at some point completed like quests and adventures and shit i feel like i feel like there's yeah, like so their story they, is written if on i had fucking... that if i had that last name if i had that last name and they asked me to do like the family tree shit like they always do in grade school i would literally just write my name and then a straight fucking line to the top of the page and write odin at the top be like there you go teacher 
It's like it's like, do you want to know why your last name is Smith and why your last name's Potter? Because that's what your fucking ancestors did. <laughs> Mine are yeah. Odin's son. Like, <laughs> get out of my face. Yeah, my dad sacrificed himself to himself and fucking gave his eye for knowledge and has a fucking eight-legged horse and a spear. Go fuck yourself, Smith. Get out, get out of my face, Miss Black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was, a, that was a teacher I had in middle school. I hated her. Fuck you, Miss Black. <laughs> I'm glad we got that out. Healing old wounds here on RFI. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, on to this uh, Ultramarines list that nobody asked for. But okay. Somebody so, will appreciate I'm sure. Yeah. So this has, uh, let's see, no right of war, because Ultramarines, if you put Gilliman in a list, um, unless you're really trying to do something specific, you don't really need a right of war. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so the HQ is a chaplain uh, with artificer armor and melt bombs The reason I went with the chaplain is because he said he wanted his core troops to be uh, out of the calf box. Like, he wanted to use as much of the calf box as possible. So you're basically just going to take the chaplain out of there and um, cut that stupid fucking plasma pistol off that I hate and throw it away and put a bolt pistol on there. Um, and that'll be your HQ. And then for troops, uh, Gilliman... Is in the army. We'll just skip to him. So for Lord of War, I got uh, uh, Roboot Gilliman because he said he wanted the Primarch in the army. Um, so Gilliman unlocks uh, suzerains and Terminators as troops. So for the first troop choice, I took six uh, Invictara suzerains. Um, two of them have Thunder Hammers, and they are in a dedicated Land Raider Phobos. And the Phobos has Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. And then for the second troop's choice, it's uh, five Cataphractic Terminators, which are the ones that come out of the Calf Box. Um, the Sergeant has a Power Fist. Uh, two guys have Power Fist, and then two other guys have Chain Fist. And they are in a dedicated Anvilus Dread Claw. So we'll have to get an Anvilus there. Um, then the third and final troop's choice is a 10-man Tactical Support Squad. Um, all 10 guys have Volkite Chargers. They're a free upgrade. He could go Flamers if he wanted to because they come in the calf box, but it's really not that much money. Um, it's like 15 bucks to get a set of Volkite Chargers. And I think the Flamers are better in a drop pod, but I think the Volkite Chargers are better out of a, a ground-based transport like a Rhino. Agreed. So these 10 guys, what did you say? I said agreed. Yep. Oh, yeah. So these 10 guys have uh, all Volkite Chargers. The sergeant has artificer armor, and they're in a rhino, a dedicated rhino, with a pinnel-mounted multi-melta. Um, for elites, I took a single apothecary in artificer armor, and he's going to be attached to the suzerains, uh, the chaplain, and Gilliman. Um, and they're all going to ride together in that Land Raider Phobos that's dedicated to the suzerains. Um, for the second elite's choice, I took 10 marksman vets. Two of them have combi weapons. Two of them have power weapons. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor and a power weapon. And every single guy has a melt-a-bomb because you have to upgrade the squad. And they are in a rhino with a pinnel-mounted multi-melta. Then I took another squad that's identical. So that's two 10-man vet squads armed identically. Then for heavy support, I took a fire-after-gunship with autocannon batteries on the sides and four hell strikes. And then, like I said earlier... Uh, Gilliman is the uh, Lord of War. 
So what's cool about this list is with between the 20 vets and the 10 tactical support guys, that takes care of all the power armored guys out of the calc box. And then the five Terminators take care of the Terminators. And then the chaplain is obviously the HQ. So the only model that you will not use for, for this list is the Terminator character and the Contemptor Dreadnought. But he remember he said in his email he wanted a 500-point add-on. So let me jump to that real quick. So if you wanted to take this list from 2,500 to 3,000, it would be exactly the same, except that the Terminators that, that were in the Anvilus in the last list, you would get a second Land Raider and put them in the Land Raider instead of the Anvilus. And then you would just take the Anvilus as a fast attack choice. So you're still leaving the Anvilus in the list, but it just becomes undedicated as fast attack. Then you take a Contemptor Dreadnought with a Carries Assault Cannon, and it goes in the Anvilus that's now fast attack. So you're still using it, and now you've added your Dreadnought in. And then you also just add in a Scorpus Whirlwind. And the rest of the list is the same. Hmm. Pretty standard. Pretty Indiana meta right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you're talking, I mean, it's not, he wants to use the calf box. This uses every model in the calf box. If you look back at our, I have a calf box episode, what do I do? This is basically that, that I've just, at, you know, thrown in a fire raptor, you know, the Scorpius. I tried to include all units that will always be useful. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like none of these things are going to be bad. Yeah. And then um, in an email I sent to him, um, which once again is Ultramarines, which he asked for Death Guard, so uh, <laughs> I'll get that sorted. But um, I also put that I would, on these veteran tactical squads, I would magnetize the two guys with power axes and the two guys with combi meltas to also just have the normal arms, so that if you don't take Gilliman in your army just because you don't want to run a Primarch or you're playing Zomortalis and it's a lower points, or you go to an event that doesn't allow Primarchs, you can just pop those arms off and throw bolter arms on them and just use them as two standard tacticals um, to fill out your compulsory. Because if Gilliman's not in your army, then your suzerains and uh, terminators will have to move to elites. So you're, you'd be out of elite slots for one, which this will free up those two elite slots for them to then slot into. And also they wouldn't be compulsory, but those veterans would then move to troops to be the become normal tacticals, which would fill out your compulsory. Right. So it would work either way. As long as you just magnetize those eight arms, um, you would be good. You would be super, super flexible army. Which wouldn't be too difficult to do. Correct. Dig it, man. So, anyway, uh, sorry, Mr. Odinson, that I fucked it up and wrote you Ultramarines instead of Death Guard. You threw me for a loop there, mentioning Ultramarines at the top and then Death Guard in the middle. <laughs> I misread it. So I will... Uh, write you up some death guard lists and get them sent to you don't don't curse us or destroy our village please yeah <laughs> do not lightning strike me to death yeah you don't have to throw uh junior at me i'm good we're good to go i'll get it sorted <laughs> all right so next up on the list making is for brandon this is actually going to be a Death Guard twofer for Mr. Powerful Brandon, who is working on getting his 40K community 
into 30k and so what he's doing is he's trying to create pretty much he's in the same predicament where ryan was a few years back where ryan was trying to convince his other players to get into 30k so he was building a 30k rb while still giving them the option to play his 30k army uh so we had talked about this on a uh previous episode but i can kind of touch base on uh mr brandon trying to see uh yeah he just says i've decided on death guard based on the show and we'll start building my force up as soon as i get the list from ryan i'm super excited to get started i will definitely be sending pictures into the facebook group to keep you guys updated i'll also be contacting chris and hopefully getting in on some heresy action sooner than anticipated thank you for offering me to send you that contemptor as well I actually had two to send uh that is super generous of you that really motivates me to stay on track and get these done asap to show off the community and display my progress they are some small orchids and whatnot and they're pretty well known in my local area we'll make artisan apple butter salsa and whatnot if you shoot me your address i'd totally be down to send you a care package from michigan my girlfriend has been raving about how you guys are and what we could do for you guys in return so rock on did I tell you I met this guy at Michigan GT? Oh, did y'all kiss? We did not kiss. We oh. shook hands. Oh, nice. Did you tell him you appreciate him being a citizen soldier and trying to get everybody into 30K? Uh, I don't remember. Okay, that's okay. Did you try and convince him to play Dark Age? No. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Anyway. If he wants to, though. God damn it, uh, I, I knew another email. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, hey man. Well I'm hey, here man. for this I'm here for this Dark Age event. Let me go ahead and just plug this real quick. <laughs> Alright. So so basically here was the challenge ahead of me. So this guy wants to build two armies on the cheap. So I needed to design two armies that the core of the armies were both calf boxes that both used the majority of the calf box, right? But I also have to make them different enough to where they play very different, even though you're kind of using the same models. And I also didn't want to really repeat units from army to army. So that way, when he gets his friends in, he can basically um, use both of those armies to combine in the one army that he wants to play without having a bunch of like duplicate shit. So what I mean by that is I did want to write one army with two tactical squads in it as compulsory and then do the same thing for the other army because then he just owns four death guard tactical squads and he may not ever use that. If that makes any sense. Right. So I had to really keep in mind what one list had in it, what the other list had in it and try to, you know, so basically you're like, I got 60 power armor guys and I need to make sure that they're all different, basically. Like each ten, each group of 10 is armed differently or does a different job for the most part. Um, and the Terminators and all that. So that was kind of my challenge ahead. So do you want the ground force? Because this is supposed to be, these are supposed to be armies that face off against each other, one being loyalist, the one being traitor at Isvan 3. That was kind of the theme that we set forth. So the ground force would obviously be loyalist and then the uh, the orbital orbital assault list would obviously be traitor and it's supposed to be 
like theming for what the those forces would have in them for an Espawn three battle. Uh, yeah. So I'm interested in hearing this ground force list personally. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of like uh, if you listen to our first episodes, this is kind of like the very first like broadcast Radio Free Istvan sent off was to warn everybody on Istvan three about what was going on. So right. So yeah. So so this is the um, the ground force. So I went with the reaping right of war. Uh, so this is a two thousand point reaping list. So it has a Praetor in it. The Praetor has Power Fist, Paragon Blade, Melt Bombs, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, Rad Grenades, and Artificer Armor. So just your standard Artificer Armor, Praetor, super decked out. Um, so what you're going to do is take the, the Chaplain model that comes in the Calf box and cut it up and convert it and turn it into this Praetor. So you'll use that model. Easy enough. Or build one, another build a different one if you want, but I designed this list so that you're using all the models. So I, I had intended that's why he's in power armor. So you can convert that particular model. Um, then for the second HQ choice, it's a siege breaker in, in ter Terminator armor um, with combi weapon, which would be a Melta um, and chain fist with a Phosphex bomb. So this is going to be the Terminator that comes in the calf box, the, the captain, that comes in there, you're going to use him as the siege breaker, arm the, armed how the models are. Um, for the third HQ choice, you're going to take three Death Shroud Terminators, uh, all with melt bombs, and they're going to take a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. And your siege breaker and your Praetor are going to ride in that Land Raider with them. This is going to be like your command force. So he, he said in his email that he already had five Death Shrouds. So these will be guys he doesn't have to buy. He already has them. Dig it. So then, then for troops, I took a basic 10-man tactical squad. Um, all of them have bolt pistol, bolter, and chainsword. So they're going to be armed as they come in the box set. You're going to put all the accessories on them. Um, the sergeant has artificer armor, death shroud, power scythe, and rad grenades. So you're going to have to buy a scythe kit, which is no big deal. They're, you just get five scythes in the kit. They're not that expensive. Um, and these guys are going to be in a rhino with a panel mounted multi-melta. Then your second uh, troop choice is another identical unit. So another 10-man tactical squad uh, in the rhino are in the same way. Then the third and final troop choice is a 10-man heavy support squad. Um, all 10 guys have missile launchers uh, with flak missile upgrade, and the sergeant has artificer armor and auger and scanner. And remember, these guys are troops because of the reaping. And they're just on foot. Um, then for elites, I have a Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought with two carries assault cannons. So basically what I did, because he's going to have two calf boxes, I built this one as the Mortis, so he's going to take both assault cannons that come in the box and that come in one in each box and just combine them into one dreadnought and put them on one. And then the dreadnought that's in the other list we haven't got to yet is going to get both power fists. So he's still going to use both dreadnoughts, but I armed him differently to give them both a different feel. Um, so then, so that's his first elite choice. And then for his final three elite choices, it's a single quad launcher rapier. 
uh, with Phosphex, and he's got that three times. So three individual Phosphex mortgage. Okay. That's fucking brutal. <laughs> brutal for a ground force to have. And probably the only time yeah. where that would make sense. Well, they're dug in, so he's got kind of. So you look, he's got the dreadnought on foot, the three quad mortars dug in, the um, heavy support team dug in, and then his pushing forward force is going to be the two tactical squads and rhinos and the command team in the uh, land raider. So all of his infantry in this army is scoring. The only thing that's not scoring are the dreadnoughts and the the quad the quad launchers. But this should fit fluff-wise with what was on the ground, you know, sent down to destroy, and then what may have, you know, lived through the attack Yep. that they've, like, cobbled together to, to, to fight back against the guys that are, you know, landing on the ground. Well, it's stuff that they would have deployed against the Coral City and, like, you know, had out, and then it's, you know, it's, they, could, they could have left those stations and they probably would have survived the firebomb and then came out right. from I mean, their, be, their bunkers and shit. Right. To be fully fully honest, I mean, like, fluff-wise, they probably shouldn't have any vehicles. I mean, maybe the Land Raider would have survived, but in, in the fluff, they're, like, literally dug into trench lines and underground bunkers. They don't really have tanks. But right. I have to write an army that's going to be functional for the game. Like, it's going to be really hard to score objective if I just give you tactical guys and tell you to run across. You know what I mean? Like, it, it needs to be... <laughs> Yeah, it needs to be as steamy as I can while it, ha- it still has to function in the game. Like, you're going to want to use this army to play, you know, the, the in-game missions with. And if you don't have anything to push forward into your opponent's deployment zone, there's like half the missions you're really not even going to be able to do anything about. Right. I ain't mad at it. So, you yeah, you kind of have to draw the line somewhere. I mean, I still think it's pretty fluffy. It's, it's, it's just enough to make it function as far as game mechanics-wise. So, anyway, so that's the ground force. So then for the orbital assault force, I actually went with Pride of the Legion, not standard orbital assault, um, even though it is an orbital assault army. And the reason I did that is because, once again, if I just did orbital assault, I would have had to, you know, make him take two more tactical squads, and that's going to stick him with 40 tactical marines instead of guys that are armed differently. So I justified it in my head that Mortarian, the guys that he would have saved and uh, kept on the ship and they weren't set down to die, probably would have been, you know, guys that were close to him that were super loyal, that would have been like the veterans of the company that had been fighting with him for a while. And Mortarian himself descended to the planet and wouldn't let anybody else uh, take on his own crew. Right. So I I figured Pride of the Legion would be super fluffy because he's taken like his like super badass dudes to be like the guys that are with him to smash these guys that are left on the ground. So that's why I went with pride of the Legion. Um, so for an HQ, it's a Praetor and Terminator armor with, uh, in cataphracty with Paragon blade and digital lasers. So what you're going to do is just take that Terminator captain in the second calf box and convert him, just basically give him a sword and a combi bolter. There's a ton of people that have done it. You can look for tons of conversions online, but you're still using that model. Um, then for troops, I have a 10-man uh, marksman vet squad, um, 
Two of them have combi flamers. Uh, two of them have power weapons. You can make them anything you want. I recommend axes, but they can be whatever. The entire squad has melt bombs. Um, and the sergeant has artificer armor and power sight. And I have that particular I have that particular squad twice. So two of that unit. Um, then for the third troop's choice, I have five machine killer vets. All five of them have combat meltas, um, including the sergeant. That's all they have. And then for the fourth and final troop's choice, I have uh, nine cataphracty terminators. So these are going to be the terminators from both boxes because you get five in each box. And remember the other army, the terminators that were in it were the death route he had, but I didn't have any of the standard cataphracty. So this is going to be both sets of standard cataphracty in this list. So it's going to be nine of them. Uh, the sergeant has a power scythe. And uh, of the normal guys, five of them have power fist and three of them have chain fist. And the Praetor is going to go in this unit to make it a full 10-man squad. Um, for elite, I took a Contemptor Cortis with dual, with a, uh, with a Dreadnought close combat weapon and a Dreadnought chain fist. So you're going to use both the close combat weapons from both boxes like we talked about before, and you'll just convert one to a chain fist. It's super easy to do. Um, and this Cordis is in a Dreadnought drop pod. Then for fast attack, you're going to buy three Anvilus Dreadclaws, and you're going to put all three veteran squads in the Anviluses. And then for heavy support, you're going to have a Charybdis Assault Claw, and you'll put your big Terminator squad in the Charybdis. So that leaves you with exactly five drop pods. So you'll get your Charybdis and two Anviluses turn one. Perfect. Or or your or the Dreadnought drop pod and Anvilus and a Charybdis or whatever. But you'll have two in reserve and two come down. Makes sense. Sounds like the exact kind of force that would come at you. If your right. Primarch was pissed off at you. So I feel like this should match up well. You got a shooty dreadnought and a close combat dreadnought. You have the Death Shroud, the Praetor, and the Chaplain, which is pretty mean in close combat, going against just the ten basic terminators that don't have they're not they don't strike at initiative like the Death Shroud do, and they don't have the chaplain with them, so they're not re-rolling to hit. Um, so that that should be a fairly good matchup. Um, then this squad has, in order to deal with the land raider, they're pretty much going to have to assault it. You have the, the five machine killer vets, but you're looking for a six out of five. If you're rolling to hit and then rolling for armor pin, trying to get a six to get a pin on that land raider because that's armored ceramite. So it's not great odds, but it can happen. But you could use those melted guys to maybe kill the opposing Dreadnought or whatever. But you got to remember the Dreadnought has Interceptor, as does the Missile Launcher guys, because of the Augury Scanner and then the the Contemptor Mortis little ability, the helical targeting array. Yep. So you got that You got that going on. And then once these... So these veterans are a little better than the other guy's tactical Marines, but he's got the quad mortars to offset that to maybe shoot the shit out of the veterans before they get stuck in. I get it. Yeah. And then because the other tacticals have rad grenades and extra close combat weapons, 
Um, the veterans are four attacks on the charge, three attacks standing still, where the normal tacticals are three attacks on the charge, two attacks standing still, but the standard tacticals have rad grenades to offset that, so they're actually pretty evenly matched. You know what I would really like to see? What's that? So he's breaking up and like he's getting this army put together using Kalth boxes and Prospero boxes, right? Well, he said either or. I, I recommend just getting two Kalth boxes. Because the problem with the Prospero boxes, a lot of your money is going towards Custode Sisters and two fucking characters you'll never use. Really all you're getting out of there that you'll use are the Mark III guys, because let's be honest, unless you're playing a lot of Zone Mortalis, the Tartaros guys, like the Cataphracty are far more, far preferable, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he could turn those to Taurus. He could do some conversions over to, uh, um, what are the Tataras? Death Guard. Death Crowd? Death Crowd? But he already owns a squad of those. But he already has some. Beef it up a little bit. What I was going to suggest is, is if you're going for both, like if you do go Prospero and Kalth and all that stuff, I think it would be pretty fucking cool is if your ground forces were all in like Mark III and kind of had some like Dusk Raider elements to them. Like I know Miles over at Little Legend, he painted a Praetor a while back that was the new Death Guard White. But he kept his Dusk Raider pauldron and uh, gauntlet. So, like, he still had that red uh, on that right arm. And yeah. So, like, if you had, like, a bunch of Marines, like, your ground force, you kind of stuck with, like, a Mark Three with, like, maybe some Pop Goes the Monkey Dusk Raider pads sprinkled throughout the throughout the forces and all that. Well, what he, what he could do is just get two cows and then trade somebody the Mark Four for Mark Three straight up. There are people that will do that. Yeah, that's very true. Like it shouldn't. Be, it shouldn't be hard to do that. Or worst case, find somebody that's selling the Mark Three out of Calth on, on on eBay for fairly cheap, and and buy those, and then sell your Mark Four on eBay for what you bought the Mark Threes for. For sure. Yeah, definitely something like that. There was actually I've seen in the past. I don't know if it was. Uh, I don't know if it was Little Legend, but somebody painted up a, a Contemptor Mortis in full uh, in full Dusk Raider. Like that, that would yeah. be fucking badass. Like, because that would be an element that just didn't get painted. Like, if you if you go back and you 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 uh, realize what happened on Istvan, basically, Matarian threw everybody. Well, actually, every Primarch that betrayed their their legion pretty much sent everybody down that they knew that wouldn't would would be loyal to the emperor and a good handful of those were individuals who were there before their primarch was found so like ex dusk raiders and uh ex warhounds and things like that uh so if you had these dusk raider elements these are going to be the old i mean you could sprinkle some mark four in there but i think you know if you had like a lot of mark three marines in there it would make a lot of sense. And then, you know, you, you just every once in a while, maybe like you had like a knee knee pad or something like that, just left it painted dusk Raider, had the dusk Raider symbol on it. That way it was like, okay, these, these guys are loyalists. These are the guys that would have not betrayed the emperor and would have fought against Matarian. And then you just like come in like with uh, your drop salt force is going to be your 
fucking Mark IV Marines and shit like that who are fucking like, you know, the new boys coming in to fucking take out the old men. So Right. Oh, I forgot. I wanted to add, so in his first list with the quad launchers, um, if he's having trouble cracking open the anviluses, because they, they can be fairly hard to kill, um, what you could do is drop the melt bombs and digital lasers um, off of, what did I, what did I figure out here? Drop the phosphex bomb, the digital lasers, and the melt bomb off the HQ choices. So drop the phosphex bomb off the siege breaker, the digital lasers, the melt bomb off the praetor. They're still going to be formidable. And with those points by uh, the sunder, the, the shatter rounds for the three quad mortars. So you could use those to shoot the, the ambulances open or at least put a bunch of hole points on one or whatever. So if you, if I, cause I, that was something I was like, eh, he could struggle to get those things open. Um, so if he does, that's something you might do. And that's just a war gear change. That's like not actually modeled on any models. So you don't have to like change anything. Just crack, crack open those, <laughs> crack open those ambulances is like a cold one. You'd be good to go. Right. So I mean, what, like if you look at these two lists, if he built this, he would have three quad launchers, a contemptor mortis, a standard con- contemptor cordis, uh, 10 dudes with missile launchers, 20 normal tactical marines, two squads of 10, two rhinos, a land raider, five death shroud, a siege breaker, a praetor and power armor, praetor and terminator armor, uh, two 10 man marksman vet squads, a five man machine killer squad, uh, 10 cataphracti. A dreadnought drop pod, three anviluses, and a charybdis. I mean, you're going to be able to build pretty much anything you want out of that going forward. Yeah, once your friends pick up the game and all that stuff, you'll be able to turn it around and, and combine those forces together and have pretty much all the elements to make a number of lists Ryan already makes on all of our podcasts. So, Right. I mean, it's, so that's that's why I did that. Like that's why the lists are the way they are. Like I was trying to like work in, you know, multiple factors, and you can even mix it up. Like there's nothing stopping you from replacing the standard tacticals on the ground force. Basically, make the ground force Pride of the Legion, um, and then make the uh, the orbital assault standard orbital assault and get rid of the ambulances for normal drop pods or whatever, you could make that work. This is just basically giving you ideas and explaining why I did the way, why I did the things the way I did so that you don't end up with a shit ton of duplicate units, you know, trying to build these two armies. Like this gives you, I was trying to give you the widest variety of units over the two lists and also make them feel drastically different, even though they're the same Legion using the same core, like, model designs coming out of one box set. Yeah. I think he nailed it, dude. I think he nailed it right on the head. I like both the list. I don't think any of them are more powerful than the other one. I think they're both pretty formidable. I think it caters to two completely different play styles. So anybody that you have that's going to come in the game and want to play against you, uh, you can say, how do you like to play? Would you like to deep strike in or you want to be the defender or the attacker, pretty much? And I think both ways, they're going to just absolutely give you the full Horus Heresy experience, you know? Yeah. 
Yep, I agree. So there's a lot of things that, you know, kind of you put in the thought as far as how it goes that uh, that really are evident in this army list. So bravo. This is a great list. Great two list. And I think I think you're going to – a community might be built on these two lists. <laughs> I don't know about that. Give me way too much credit there. Just like Ben Porter's pipes, dude. That's how it starts. <laughs> ben Porter's sweet, sweet pipes. So anyway, so, Brian, hope you like that, man. Uh, I, I wrote... I wrote a ton more lists, but I'm just going to email them out. I had like I had a bunch of catching up to do because I totally fucking slacked off with the Michigan GT and whatever. Um, so I literally have done nothing but sit and write lists today. I basically got my Death Guard shit out to work on it and started cutting a Land Raider off the sprue, and my conscience got the better of me, and I put all my hobby tools down and just wrote lists. So I'm 100% caught up, or I thought I was. Now I have to go back and write... Um, Mr. Odinson's uh, fucking uh, Death Guard list because <laughs> I wrote him all three lists instead. But once those are done, I'll be all caught up. I don't want to be struck down, so <laughs> yeah. Badass. Well, that's all we got, guys. That's gonna be it for this show, man. Uh, hopefully, next week we'll we'll finally get back onto the uh, Legion podcast. But it all depends on what goes down. We never know. Something incredible could happen between now and then. We just, if you're out there, just hope for that instead of us doing the Legion list, you know. But that's all we got yeah. for this episode. Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, guys, we post a lot of different things on there. There's pictures on there. There's picture dumps, everything like that. Uh, sometimes we go live. If you go to Radio Free Estevan on Facebook, you can catch us on there. Uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can call 209-RFI-30K-0 to leave us a voicemail. If you're international, you can go ahead and email us at michael at warhammer30k.com, ryan at warhammer30k.com, derek at warhammer30k.com, scott at warhammer30k.com. Uh, email us. Any any one of those emails will get you to where we will play that voicemail all live on the air. Uh, you can record that into it, MP4, send that to us, and we'll, we'll get that played. Uh, if you want to contact us, those are also the emails uh, that we respond to. Um, if you want some informa- more information on Heresy Camp and what's going on, going to be going down at Heresy Camp, uh, feel free to reach out to us at uh, Mike, the emails I gave, Michael at Warmer30k.com, and we'll give you the most up-to-date information we can that we know so far on that. Uh, if you want to get in on this Secret Santa, you can... Go join up on our Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash Radio Free Istvan. Uh, we have a stellar fucking badass group of Patreon supporters that are inside our Patreon chat. We love you guys. Uh, you guys definitely, definitely keep that chat alive and well. We bounce a ton of ideas off of them, and we bounce a ton of different things off of them. We pull random people from the community into there to talk to the guys to get their information it's like a cluster of uh of knowledge in there so it is a solid little community that's been built up so uh i think that's all the shout outs i have to give uh at the beginning of the podcast you got the commercial for the toys for tot charity uh make sure you keep an eye out for that guys we'll be posting the ebay auction on our facebook page 
all of the pro- proceeds for those Toys for Tots auctions go directly to Toys for Tots. And so these are going to be donated armies and and the like. Uh, Jamie, powerful Jamie, has been running this event for years. This is not his first time doing it, and every year he gets uh, he gets some ch- some children their toys. So glad that we could. We could um, also, also the uh, the MKA charity is still going on. I I don't think it ends until their last Australian class. So. I don't know if did you replay that advertisement you recorded on the beginning of this episode? No, no, I did not replay that, but you are right. Uh, guys, the MKA Studios course is is holding a raffle giveaway for the Soldier On project. That's an Australian project uh, to help get housing for soldiers that come back uh, from fighting. So like if Michael were to come back, lose his house and be lost and can't find a home, then they it's would It's essentially like, it's like, it's kind of like the, their version of wounded warrior for yeah. Australian soldiers. Yeah. So it's like wounded warriors, but it is the soldier on project. Uh, the guys over at MKA are trying to raise money to, to donate to soldier on. Uh, and in the process, um, I believe it was every $10. It, 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 don't quote me on that. Uh, we'll go ahead and post a link up, uh, but you will do get raffle tickets for every dollar amount you donate, and they're giving away a, a Socor pattern Stormbird in the Legion of your choice. So yeah, painted, painted by the MKA guys. <laughs> painted by Golden Demon winners. So I don't really know how that doesn't sound like probably one of the greatest things that you can get. So I don't know. Yeah. It would like totally overshadow your Legion. Like you would have to like commission them that's the long game i feel like (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so anyway guys that's gonna be it that's all we got appreciate you listening and uh we got some stellar music for you guys to listen to later guys later